Hello there. So I had a funny thing happen this week and I wanted to ask you, have you ever like dreamt in Star Wars? Yes. <laughs> you have. Okay. So that's not just me. I'm not just a fucking weirdo that has weird in-universe dreams. Got it. That's awesome. What did this just recently happened to me? It doesn't happen that often. What what happened? What's your story? Yeah. So my dreams are like really odd. Let me try and remember it. Um, so it was not in it was like in the real world like not in star wars universe oh, but okay. i was taking like with volunteering the girls to go see a movie and like darth vader kept showing up and <laughs> he kept showing up to volunteer events and like he tried to force choke wednesday Aww, i think your puppy uh, yeah and Aww. i was like Arr. but he kept showing up and it was really annoying because it would have to run away obviously and Anyway, eventually we figure out how to trick him, and we just changed up our schedule so he wouldn't know when to show up. Nice. My God, Vader, stop being so needy. I know. Yeah, he's a stage five clinger. And Wednesday was okay, so there's okay. that. But yeah, how dumb is that? That's really fucking funny. It makes no sense. No, it doesn't. Um, mine sort of made sense to me because like the night before, I was sitting on the couch just watching some Bravo shit. I'm sure with Rose. I don't mm. know what she, I don't know what she had on. I probably was only paying. I was like probably working on podcast stuff and not actually paying attention. Um, but she had, so she had something on. And so I had this dream later that night that I was at a pool, um, with Spencer and Heidi from the Hills. Spidey. 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 Yes. Remember the Hills? Good times. I think they have like an older people version of the Hills now. That was like the last reality show I watched religiously, I think. Besides like, I watch like, uh, not my, I watch 600 pound life sometimes with Rose, but. Yeah. I think they have like a Hills on, like a Hills reunion I like that. I always really liked Lauren. I always enjoyed her a lot. Um, but anyway, so in my dream, I'm at a pool with Spencer and Heidi. I don't know why I'm with them. And uh, the First Order, like, showed up. And then, it, like, things took, like, a really dark turn. Like, we were all, like, in the pool. And we're like, do we all, like, hide in the pool? But then it was, like, a huge pool. And these, like, fucking officers showed up. And there was, like, one guy that was, like, in charge. And he was just like, kill everybody. And then, like, they just started, like, opening fire on people in the pool. I was like, wow, it took a really dark turn. Sorry. Did you hop in the pool? I was already in the pool, but I didn't like. Did you go underwater? Was the plan to go underwater? Or Maybe just, like, they can't touch water. I don't so know. They won't come? Like they weren't getting in the water; they were just kind of standing out. It was really brutal. I was just like, "Wow, why, what a dark, dark dream that, I had." Yeah, that's not as bad as Vader trying to force choke your dog. Yeah, that sucks. I know. Poor Wednesday. <laughs> we have scary Star Wars dreams. We should stop having Star Wars dreams. I think. I know, right? Or yeah. stop remembering them. But you know, we shouldn't stop remembering drinking. No. Um. I was going to say that this is Force Toast, a Star Wars happy hour. (laughs) It's February 22nd, and this is episode 29. And we drinking. Holler. (laughs) I'm Alice. I'm Laura. And welcome. We were just talking about how we're almost 30. Yay. I know. Time flies when you're having fun. Dirty 30s. Yeah. So what are we drinking today? We got some fun cocktails. Yeah, you tell us about it because I still, it's confusing. It's fancy. (laughs) So uh, there's a really, really fun cocktail bar here in Logan Square called Lost Lake. They do a lot of really fun uh, rum drinks. So my sister and I went there one night and in our drunken state, 
stumbled back to our apartment, went to the liquor store down the street and bought rum. We're like, we're going to make our own lost like drinks. It's going to be special. And then I totally forgot about it until I was like, hey, let's give that a try. So I made Hemingway's, kind of. They have dark rum. I didn't have light rum, so we have dark rum. Uh, grapefruit juice, lime juice, simple syrup, and maraschino liqueur. So that is a Hemingway, normally made with light rum, but well, it's very sorry. fancy. It's very fancy. They're really good. I'm really, I'm really pleased with this, actually. Yeah, it's super fancy. I can't drop the ball on Mardi Gras idea because <laughs> it's coming out Mardi Gras. Happy Mardi Gras! Yay! Yeah, that's exciting. Fat Tuesday. Laissez le bon temps rouler. That means um, my whole thing with Mardi Gras because I've never been to New Orleans or anything is that we always get. Um, I'm gonna say it wrong. No, I don't want to hear anything about it. Poonchkis. Have you heard of these? They're like little donuts, basically. This is a Chicago thing. This isn't like a Mardi Gras thing. That's oh, a Chicago it's Mardi pronounced, Gras thing. Uh, I've heard it pronounced Patchkeys, Poonchkeys, Patsky. I it, it it's a really really strange word. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, and I'm I can't remember how like my family pronounces it. They're basically just like sugar donuts with shit stuffed inside of them. Yeah, like various different kinds of shit in them, and they're goddamn delicious, and they're so fun. So I'm ordering some from Do Right for my office. I'm really excited. Oh, nice. Yay. I love those. That's the only thing that I know about Mardi Gras. I'm sure you've spent a lot of time in New Orleans, around New Orleans for Mardi Gras, no? No, my hometown has like its own Mardi Gras and stuff. Gotcha. So, I mean, my my hometown's three and a half hours away and by Texas. So So you'll do your own thing. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, we do our own thing for a lot. But I usually make king cake and gumbo on Mardi Gras. I'm not doing that this year because uh, I'm lazy. I'm is there tired. like a, is bourbon like a whole thing for Mardi Gras? Isn't like bourbon street like is bourbon a thing? I don't know. No, everyone's tacky and just drinks like beer and whatever gets you hammered. I love fastest. it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're not fancy like that for the most part. <laughs> I mean, I guess mint juleps are kind of what people would drink as a fancy or I don't know. Really? I mean, the big drink down there is like hurricanes and hand grenades. Okay. So do you know what's in either of those? Mm, hurricane has rum it's pink reddish hand grenades are green and i think there's like everclear in it Ooh, you can't taste it but those are like they're deadly that shit'll get you fucked up yeah yeah that's so fun um, i wish i would have known that i would have made whatever hurricane is since we have rum i don't know oh yeah next time <laughs> yeah all right cool yeah so what do we have in housekeeping we got to hang out with a sith list again always a blast those guys are so fun we had such a good time. That episode came out last week, February 16th. And just a reminder, on our website, forcedtoastpod.com, we do have a tab with all of our guest spots linked and listed. So if you want to have an easier time finding things, that is where you would go. We are going to be on Rogue One, a Star Wars podcast for winners, talking to Johnny Grasso this week. That probably comes out the 27th-ish of February. Fun. Mm-hmm. And then Postcards from Galaxy's Edge is doing a The Moment Star Wars Spoke to Me for International Women's Day on March 8th. She's doing a dude one that's coming later, but we will be submitting audio and or video for that. Yeah. So our friend Shannon, she hosts the podcast. I think it's also a video podcast of Postcards from Galaxy's Edge. I was looking this up the other day because I didn't. I don't know much about Shannon. Do you know that she like worked in visual effects? What? She posted this fun tweet where she was talking about how she worked on the Muppet Lipton tea commercial that has Kermit drinking the tea, and it's, like, a very commonly used gif on Twitter. Yeah. And she and her team, like, worked on that commercial that that gif 
is from, which made me laugh really hard. I was like, oh my God, that's so fucking cool. That's amazing. I know. So yeah, that's a fun thing. And again, go check out the guest tab on our website. You can find all of our guest appearances since we are only in every other week show. If you miss us and want to hear more from us, go check out that tab because we like to do lots of guest spots which are with our uh, fun friends. Mm-hmm. Next up, Caravan of Corrections. Laura, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I, mine's sort of minor. I misspoke last episode and I mentioned that Ray flipped over a Star Destroyer, which is stupid, <laughs> but also kind of fun to think about. I was referencing her, her really epic flip from the teaser trailer of The Rise of Skywalker. She, of course, did flip over a modified TIE Whisper, not a Star Destroyer. <laughs> Thank you uh, to our friend Rick Villanueva for, post- for uh, pointing that out to me. My bad. <laughs> Yes, I have another one. I keep fucking up with Corellia for some reason. Like, it's like I call Corellia everything but Corellia, and I call <laughs> things Corellia that aren't. So, anyway, when I was talking about Jedi Fallen Order, the first planet is Bracca. It is like a shipyard kind of Corellia like planet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or at least it's shipyards and shit. So, I'm like, why did they even need to make another planet? Anyway, it's called Bracca or Bracca. Uh, also Kashyyyk is a planet you go to I didn't mention it because it really doesn't matter you do see Tarful and Saw Gerrera and one of like the ninth sister or something the one that looks like a man oh okay so I thought was a man for a long time but it like totally doesn't matter so Tarful lives he survives the Clone Wars yes oh cool that's kind of cool he doesn't die in the game does he no oh okay no he's kind of like on the run doing like spy shit yeah or something that's cool I have no idea yeah, I mean, it's a fun level, but it's not, I don't think it's important to the story, really, from what I recall. Right on. Yeah. If, especially if it's early in the game. Yeah, I don't remember where it is. I, like, binge played that game pretty much when I was bored one week. Nice. Because, I again, it took me a long time to figure out how to use the map, so it was so fucking frustrating because I was just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. <laughs> and then I would just stop. Yeah. Because, you know, giving up and shit. Woo! No judgment. So should we get into news? There's not a whole lot going on right now, and most of this episode, I think, is going to be recap on tap stuff. But there's a couple little things here and there we could talk through. This is a new one that just came out, I think, like last night, maybe sometime yesterday. Yeah, I hate this one. Really? The Hollywood Reporter? So I, I hate this one, too, because, again, we get these like weird stories about upcoming Star Wars movies. Lucasfilm hasn't confirmed it. Disney hasn't confirmed it. Until it's confirmed, I'm like, it's pretty much horseshit until then. I mean, I know, like... We have Variety reporting it, and we have The Hollywood Reporter reporting that uh, director J.D. Dillard uh, and the Luke Cage writer Matt Owens are working on a Star Wars movie. But until Lucasfilm confirms it, I'm like, it seems kind of weird that they break these stories like this. I'm like, are they just wanting to see, like, the audience reaction to see if we care? (laughs) I, like, literally don't care. I looked up the movie Slate. I've never heard of it on IMDb that the Dillard guy did. And I think he wrote and directed it. And it had a 5.9 on IMDb. Out of 10. And he had another movie that had under 6 as well. Uh, to put that in perspective, Batman versus Superman, super shitty. Mm-hmm. Chris Terrio was one of many writers on it. And that had like a 6.5. <laughs> so hmm. uh, not stoked about that. And then the writer guy uh, that they talk about here. Matt Owens. Yeah. All he's done are like Marvel TV shows. Yeah. So I'm like, these people aren't exciting to me. Sorry. Yeah. If someone had done something that has like a high rating or like a, maybe Slate has a cult fall. I've never heard of it or seen it. Yeah. Sci-fi thriller is how it's described in this article from Hollywood Reporter. I hadn't heard of it either. So yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, the the idea of, of at least 
of not having a white guy do another Star Wars project is sort of appealing to me. I wish I knew yeah. anything about this. I, I, I should have done a little bit more research, but I didn't watch Luke Cage. I don't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So the fact that this Matt Owens person is involved doesn't mean much to me either. But yeah, I know those shows are popular, but I literally couldn't give a fuck. Yeah, this article does say and Variety confirmed this too, that this project appears to be unrelated to the pitch from Marvel Studios chief Kevin Feige, which is strange. I'm like, how many Marvel people do we need to get involved in Star Wars? Like, who's who's the one asking for this? No one's asking for this. Yeah, I just don't trust it. Like, literally, I I don't care. Fake news. Yeah, until it's confirmed by Lucasfilm, it's fake news because they've mentioned we've talked about some other like scoops that the Hollywood Reporter and Variety have done recently, too. And nothing's come of it. We haven't gotten any kind of announcement. We haven't gotten anything. We're supposed to get an announcement from Lucasfilm about the next Star Wars movie on what in January that came and went. Here we are. Yeah, I don't trust anything. Yeah, the rest of this article goes on to talk about how um, the Rise of Skywalker made a bunch of money, but apparently not enough money to satisfy everybody and whatever. It doesn't matter. But yeah, I mean, you know, let us know what your thoughts are. If you're excited about this, if you've seen Slate, let us know if it's uh, if you think it's worth watching. We're kind of curious to hear what people think. I, don't, I literally know nothing about any Never of this. Never heard of it. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Hmm. On, on on to more TV sh- talk, which yeah. is The Clone Wars. A happier note, maybe, too. Holler. Hopefully. Uh, Dave Filoni teases along awaited conclusion of The Clone Wars. This was an article that came out from Entertainment Weekly this past week. There's a link to the trailer that we've all know, we all know and love. Um, but there's some really fun little kind of tidbits in here. By now, we've all seen episode one of The Clone Wars of season seven, which is really exciting. But uh, the article sort of talked about how the first few episodes are going to be about Rex teaming up with the Bad Batch. And then they talk a little bit about some of the other stories that we can come to expect. And I don't think we really knew too much more about what this season's going to hold with the exception of like the Siege of Mandalore. Like we know that's going to be a part of it, but we don't know much else, right? Yeah, except these first three episodes are probably going to be one for one. Yeah. Thing. I'm wondering if uh, he had mentioned barely anything about Ahsoka, but... I'm wondering if she continued studying somehow after she left the Jedi Order or just, like, switched everything off. Yeah. Like, if she, like, read or, you know, went on little adventures or anything. I'd be curious to find out what the time jump is between the end of Season 5 and this. Oh, that's a good point. Because we're going to have, like, her probably hanging out on Coruscant for, like, I wonder if she goes off planet at any point, but we know that she's going to be hanging out with these two sisters and working as a mechanic or something at some point. Yeah. But we don't know much else. Um, So, yeah, we've seen clips of her in previews about things. Something else that Filoni said in this article, with Ahsoka, she's been the student Jedi the whole time. And she's finally being challenged by what she will do with her knowledge and her training and her abilities when faced with the ultimate test, which is what you will see at the end of the Clone Wars here, which is like, that's going to be interesting. I mean, I feel like we know what it is from the book. Like, I, I swear I remember she's facing off with Maul and then has to make a decision to like fight him or flee to mm. like save people or something. Yeah. And they get separated by like a ray shield and then she chooses to flee and then plots with Rex to fake their deaths and yeah I swear that's in the box I could I could have just made it up but. have you given any like have you thought about maybe rereading Ahsoka before the end of this television nah. series I'm kind of thinking I would like to but I just don't have time like I I actually we're gonna talk about it I've finished reading Dark Disciple and now I actually really want to go back and reread re-listen to Dooku Jedi Lost yeah after having gotten all that information I'm I'm really curious as to where those 
timelines sort of intersect. Yeah, I have a lot of non-Star Wars books that I'm I have a queue up to read, yeah. like the Simulrillion. There's a book that uh, Scott from We Serve Droids recommended that I got. Uh, Jemmy, old guy Jedi, mm-hmm. he wrote a book. Oh, and, really? Yeah, and it was on sale on Amazon, so I got that. Oh my gosh, how cool! Yeah, so I have three books to get through. I saw you put that that tweet out there looking for recommendations. That's cool that you got some good ones. Yeah, excited. Nice. Okay. So the next thing that's on our list here is that The Rise of Skywalker is coming out on digital copy on March 17th, which is the same day as the novelization release, which is exciting. The Blu-ray will then come out on March 31st. So it's not clear to me what exactly is going to be included with the extras on Blu-ray versus digital. There's a couple of things that I think are going to be exclusive to just one or the other. It looks like there's a couple of like collectible things that you can get if you're yeah. into the hard copy stuff from Best Buy Target Walmart they'll have special packaging but the digital is going to have an exclusive of the Maestro's finale which is I think going to be a little featurette about John Williams which oh, I'm excited cool. about yeah I yeah. think that's gonna be neat yeah I think there's like a big saga blu-ray set that's gonna be out oh yeah out soon and then there's not gonna be a director commentary I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. I didn't mention anything about it. I'd be surprised, though, if they didn't. There is going to be a full-length documentary included on the bonus features called The Skywalker Legacy. So that's kind of cool. We got a full-length documentary with The Last Jedi, too, called The Director and the Jedi, and that was amazing. Huh. Um, So this will be kind of cool to see this. But, yeah, I do wonder if we'll get the director commentary because with The Force Awakens, when that whole DVD came out, it didn't have any director commentary until they released a... 3d release of the blu-ray which did have the director commentary on it and i don't have a 3d tv but i bought that motherfucker anyway because i wanted the commentary because that's you get good trivia stuff out of those but yeah it was i don't think i even ended up listening to the whole thing because it's like really boring because it's just jj abrams sitting in a room by himself and i'm like please get a partner or another person to do this with you i read somewhere that there wasn't gonna be one i didn't validate or for the rise of Skywalker. at all i kind of wouldn't be surprised because i think at this point nobody wants to hear from chris terrio anymore like i think he's i know i think he's covered all the bases he needs to cover and i i hope that somebody was like you know what maybe you're done yeah maybe, maybe a stop there hard pass <laughs> i'm still kind of curious like i'm kind of sad if we don't get that though because we have commentaries i think for almost every other movie and like i said they're good for studying trivia and getting fun little tidbits Yeah, I wouldn't have watched it. I've never, I don't think I've ever watched a commentary. Really? One of my favorite ones I've ever watched was from the movie Mean Girls. There's really funny DVD commentary on that movie, on the DVD. Oh, I bet. It's like Tina Fey and a handful of other people. Yeah. Anyway, the last thing I wanted to talk about, because I have to talk about it, because it's about my boyfriend, Kane and Jairus. Um, My dead boyfriend, Kane and Jairus. (laughs) Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched Rebels yet. Kanan Jarrus is played by Freddie Prince Jr. Kanan, of course, had a little audio cameo in The Rise of Skywalker. So IGN did an article with Freddie Prince Jr. talking about, you know, kind of the story of how Kanan's cameo came to be. We'll include a link to it in our show notes. It was just kind of a fun article. Unfortunately, he doesn't give much away in terms of, like, overall what he thought of the movie, which I would have been really curious to hear, personally. He went on that whole rant before the movie came out about how, like... You know, this is what the yeah, this is what the force is, and this is how it works, and this is how it's gonna end, and blah blah blah. And I don't know. I'd just be curious to hear what he thinks about how the ending of the movie turned out. Yeah, (laughs) but that's just me. Fair. 
Yeah. But it's basically just like, yeah, Dave Filoni called me and asked me if I want to do this. And I was like, sure. And that's really what the whole article is. But it's an interesting read uh, either way. It was it was sort of interesting. Okay. Yeah. Sad. Poor Kanan. I know. <laughs> so it wasn't like the anniversary of the episode he died on like a few weeks ago. Oh, I, yeah. I think it was really recent. It may have just been a few days ago. Yeah. The second anniversary of the release of Jedi Knight. <sighs> Sad, sad, sad. So sad. Um, somebody mentioned, and I don't. I'm sorry, I didn't write down who it was, but mentioned that when I should say if, but when the Rebels sequel series is announced, they're like, "Oh, you guys should do the recap on tap for Rebels." Yeah. When that starts, and I was like, "That sounds awesome. Maybe we do it differently, where we're not like doing half in, a season at a time." Yeah, we did entire seasons at a time because it was kind of a last minute idea. And I think it would be way more fun if we could spend a little more time. Yeah, I think a half season at a time yeah. would be good. Instead of doing full seasons, that's yeah. a lot. There are four seasons? Four seasons, yeah. Okay. Or we could divide it into arcs and then divide that into, like, eight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Either way. But I, you know, it, I would say if you all really like, if you liked the recap on tap stuff we did with Clone Wars, please let us know. Those were a lot of work. Um, we put a lot of work into those. Um, it was so much more work and so much more time than I anticipated when we uh, when we came up with this idea. But it, I'm really happy with how it turned out. I thought they were super fun to do as much work as they were. So let us know what you think. If you think there's, there's a different way we could change it up, we're open to ideas. Like, let us know. Yeah. Give us a shout. That could be really fun bonus stuff. Sure. release if we want to take a vacation. Yeah. Or something. Or something. Uh, so you've got a note here about a quick video game update. What do you have? Yeah. So our buddy Rick Villanueva at Cad Bane's Bounty. I saw he did a post yesterday about there's like video game news kind of. And the takeaways just this is just a for funsies FYI. The takeaways are that there's going to be a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. And also there's a smaller, more unusual project going on. Ooh. But as far as what exactly that is, I don't know. But I think the main article was actually about there not being another battlefront. So anyway, it's cool that there's going to be a Fallen Order. Now that I understand how to play it, it's cool that there's going to be another one. Well, because the ending is sort of le- – it's left very open-ended. Yeah. Is it not? So that's like – that's kind of cool. Yeah, because they could still go on a lot of adventures. And yeah. then, um, you know, and there are a lot of in-universe – like people they could meet yeah remind me again what's the like what time period are they in when this sh- when the game ends i think it's five years after order 66 okay so there's a lot of people around yeah very cool and probably a lot of planets to visit and shit yeah man. uh but yeah like what if he's working like has to fight off the crime syndicates and like runs into mall or something yeah you know like that'd be fucking sweet I know. it's totally possible yeah i like that idea that could be really fun yeah, he's just like batmaning around. Yeah, who was left in the ship with him? It was just uh, the night sister, okay. the one surviving night sister. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sarah, Seer, oh yeah, whatever. Siri or whatever. Yeah, BD One, who's like an amazing droid. BD One is so fucking cute. And the pilot, I don't remember his name. Okay, but the guy who's driving the ship for the most part. Okay, so it's a good little team. You know, and having a night sister around is really fucking cool. I know, right? I like off that. of Dathmere, because they never really left. Yeah, maybe they'd give her some chance to get into like some force shit. I'm like really into the whole like dark. I'm rereading Dark Disciple, of course, mm-hmm. and I'm at the part where they're sort of talking about the night sisters and like their 
kind of their take on the force and the light side versus the dark side, which is just like such a fascinating concept to me. Yeah. So maybe it would be really cool if they were to get into something like that in the show or in the um in the game. That yeah. Be, well, especially just like in our so in our last recap on tap, there was an episode with Jar Jar that probably a lot of people skip, but Mother Talzin came back mm-hmm. and she what was it she said like we don't use the force we use dark magic mm-hmm. but they would like need force stuff to use dark magic yeah or to make dark magic i don't know what exactly the wording is but i thought that was super interesting yeah okay no, that's super fun and then last up project luminous <laughs> on the 24th so that today is the 22nd we're missing it by two fucking days yeah, so if you're listening to this episode thing and we're going to talk about Project Luminous, we're not because we don't know anything about it. Yeah. Um, we won't, you know, unfortunately we won't. <laughs> we'll be talking that. about it two weeks after everything comes out about it. Yeah, so. well, I imagine we're going to be, well, like, maybe if Johnny's not into reading, we won't talk about it with him, but we could <laughs> potentially talk about it with him. We could just do a podcast takeover and just be like, hey, 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 shut up for a minute. Hey, shut up. We're, uh, yeah. we're going to talk about Project Luminous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just an idea. I'm not saying we have to do it. We'll figure it out. We're going to do it. Um, (laughs) So now that brings us to Recap on Tap. We've got a bunch of stuff to recap. And by a bunch of stuff, I mostly mean Force Collector. I think we're going to spend a lot of time on that. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about Kylo Ren 3. And then we sat down with our friend Maria to talk about the premiere of Season 7, Episode 1, The Clone Wars. So we'll get into that uh, in our Recap on Tap segment. But for now... Shall we jump into Force Collector and talk about this very fun book by Kevin Shinnick? Maybe fun, maybe not fun. I don't. I guess I don't know your opinion on it. Yeah, so I thought it was fine. I don't think it's necessary in any way, shape, or form to anything. No. Uh, it's not essential reading is what you're saying. No, not at all. There are interesting moments and ideas, but not interesting enough to read again for sure or pick up unless you're pretty bored i'm surprised to hear you say that because there's like some sort of fun little prequel easter eggs in here yeah and i really like those but you know like there's some fun ideas and things we see but has a book overall it's just kind of like like flatlined for me gotcha I kind of felt like that way about it, too, because it um, you're right. It really isn't like essential reading by any sense of the word. I just really enjoyed some of the some might call it fan service. I just yeah. really enjoyed some of these little fan servicey Easter eggs that are sort of peppered throughout. So we'll talk a little bit about those. But yeah, I guess we're going to should we should we just dive on in? Anything else to say about sort of how you feel about it? Anything like that? Uh, no. Should we take a drink break? We could take a drink break. Let's do that. All right. All right. We're back. We're back. So the funny thing about Force Collector is that it was part of the journey to the Rise of Skywalker publishing mm-hmm. initiative, which is strange to me because it sort of felt like it should have been more like Journey to the Force Awakens. Like I felt like they wrote it too early because t- we have yeah. Unc- we have Uncar plot plot in the whatever the fuck his name Maz is. Kanata. Yeah, there's some Maz Kanata action. Like it's just kind of weird to me that it's like it it easily could have been Journey to Force Awakens. It could have been 
at any time because like kind of knowing Batu, I felt was nice. Do they go to Batu at some point? Yeah. In this oh, that's fuck. where he gets the lightsaber. Gotcha. Yeah. We <laughs> we spoiler did, alert. <laughs> I know we did our little uh, we did our little recap thing. We kind of divided it uh, in half. So I'm gonna talk about the first half of the book, mm-hmm. and then Alice is gonna take the second half. So. Let's dive in, shall we? Let's do it. Let's do it. So Kevin Shinnick wrote this book. It's a young adult novel. Um, felt a little bit young for us, which is sort of why we put it off, put off reading it for a little while. I'm glad I went back and read it, though. So our protagonist in this novel, his name is Carr Nuck Sin. Don't need to remember all of that. Just remember Carr is his name. Mm-hmm. And he is a human. He is basically Harry Potter. Uh, he sounds a lot like Harry Potter in the audiobook, which oh, is mostly really? how I read this. Yeah, Mark Thompson does the reading, and he just he sounds very Harry Potter-ish. Hmm. Um, but he's got he, he's not Harry Potter because he has a very nice family. His family is somewhat neglectful, but they're not like dicks like Harry Potter's family are. Mm-hmm. So his parents are tailors, and he has an older brother, but the older brother is basically not in this book, so you can yeah, forget that little matter. detail. Yeah. Um, but his parents are tailors. His whole family, that's been their sort of tr- family tradition, is that they've all been tailors. Carr is not particularly close with either of his parents, but he is close with his grandmother. Her name is Jakara. And she is a very delightful human. I like her a lot. Mm -hmm. She's a very nice character. She kind of pops in and out of this book periodically because in the present day that this book is taking place, Carr is 17 years old and his grandmother has recently died, which is sad. Um, But we flash back quite a bit to like his sort of early to mid teenage years um, when she's still alive and we see a lot of them in their conversations and things. So it's fun. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing about Carr is that he has some sort of special abilities um, similar to Quinlan Voss, but less refined. So Carr has psychometry, which is what Quinlan Voss calls it. Calls it. And Calcastus. Calcastus also has psychometry yeah. in that he can touch an item and he sort of, that sort of um, causes a vision to happen for him. In Carr's case, um, he basically gets to witness an event that that object that he's touching witnessed. So how does it work with, with Cal? Is it sort of a similar thing? Uh, yeah, so it's, he's kind of... It's called Force Sense or Force Echo. And I read an article that said this writer actually didn't know that that was in Oh, that this Fallen is like Order. previously been used? Or it was like a thing, yeah. It oh. just it was all coincidence. But he would be in certain areas. Maybe there was like a piece of trash he would t- touch. I don't remember. But he'd be in certain areas and would hear like, get out of the ship or, you know, and he'd be like, oh, a wreck happened here or like this that or the other a lot of people died at this thing so he would just get little like quick memories interesting so in the book they play out quite a bit longer um we'll get to see sort of full scenes play out throughout the novel which is sort of fun so the other character that you need to know in this process is Maisie she becomes sort of Carr's like best friend sort of go-to person they end up having a sort of questionably like romantic thing Towards the end of it, which I really oh. didn't pick up until they, like, really called it out. Oh, I figured. I just thought of him being friend-zoned the whole time. She reminds That's what me I more thought. of a... She reminds me more of, like, a... What's-his-face? Like, fucking... Malfoy like that kid yes yeah that's actually a really good point she's like Malfoy if Harry Potter and Malfoy had become friends and if Malfoy had been a girl like it it, yeah like sort of if they were both Ravenclaw or Hufflepuff yeah she has like a so Maisie has a really wealthy family um she is half oh fuck what's the Marian Mary Mary Allen okay Mary Allen 
She's whatever Luminara and Julius. She's half Oh, that. really? Yes. Okay. Yeah, her and Beresofi, um, they are full whatever the species. I'm pretty sure it's Mary Allen. But she, Maisie's only half that. She's half human. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she basically meets Carr in the principal's office. This whole thing kind of starts, their little meet cute happens in the principal's office when they've both been in trouble yeah. for something or other. Who cares? Maisie and Carr are talking. Um, they get into an argument at some point about whether or not the Jedi actually existed. And this sort of kind of gives you a little bit of, uh, of a vantage point of where exactly we are in the story in terms of the actual setting. They're in sort of an outer rim planet. And there's a little bit of like sort of ignorance, I think, about a lot of things. Clone Wars, Jedi, Galactic Civil War related. They don't really have the full story yeah it's all what the empire wrote about yeah. the jedi rebelling and all that bullshit but basically no one believes about them um what how where's the set this is a few years before the force awakens i that's the impression that i got yeah it's okay. not super clear to me so Maisie is kind of she doesn't really believe that the jedi existed Carr has sort of spent his entire life being told that the jedi existed because his grandma has sort of always been telling him stories so Maisie wants to test Carr's ability because he tells her like yeah sometimes when I touch things I have like a vision and uh, she has him touch this item that belongs to her father and so when he sees her father in the vision he realizes that he's human she he realized that she's only half Mary Allen and so he tells her that and that's what finally convinces her she's like oh shit you actually do have this mm-hmm. like kind of crazy ability so what Carr doesn't tell her is that when he has these visions um, what happens is that he kind of like has a seizure, it sounds like, and passes out. And it's basically because he's got this force ability, but he's had no tr- formal training his entire life on how to control it. Um, and so he has to wear gloves all the time because if he just goes around touching any kind of random item, then he like basically gets like shocked by it in a way. And then he has a seizure and passes out. He does have a droid. That's supposed to sort of help him with these seizures. He's always referred to as a medical droid, but he's really not. He's really just Carr's friend. And like a protocol droid. He's a protocol droid. He's got some parts of an astromech droid. He really doesn't have any medical training at all, but that's kind of what Carr uses him as his little scapegoat all the time. Our, his name is RZ7. And I love him. fucking delightful. Yeah. He's a very delightful droid. He's like C-3PO if C-3PO was delightful. <laughs> like Rise of Skywalker 3PO. Yeah. Yeah. Where he's like a, he's kind of a nice dude. So Maisie's convinced. Carr's abilities are real. Now they're friends. Carr is like 17 years old. He's been in the school for who knows how long now. It's sort of a troublemaker school that he's in. He doesn't hasn't really made any friends, so his parents are sort of getting frustrated by that fact match mixed with the fact that he's got this weird ability that causes him to have these seizures and pass out. And his parents don't think that it's the force. They don't really understand. So mm-hmm. their solution is that they want to send him to a trade school so that he can begin his training as a tailor and sort of carry on the family tradition. And when they inform Carr of this, like later that day, when he's after he's been in the principal's office or whatever. He's like, he kind of freaks out. He's like, I just made my first friend, like literally ever. Mm-hmm. And you guys want to fucking pull me out of school? Like, this is horseshit. So he gets all mad and he goes to talk to Maisie. And Maisie's like, well, hey, my family's super rich and we have this like ship that we can just take. If you want to like just run away, we could totally do that. Yeah. Also of note, her father is a first order engineer or officer or something. Yes. He's coming and going out of the picture a lot because... He works for the First Order. He gets assigned to different planets. And so they move around a lot. 
And then he leaves a lot, and it's kind of just her and her mom, and her and her mom don't have a great relationship. Yeah, and it's implied that he's working on Starkiller Base. Oh, is it? Yeah. I didn't even pick up on that. That's I, interesting. I think so, because Carr held his pen. Either either when Carr held the pen, or there, there was some part that it heavily implied that he has something to do with Starkiller Base. Oh, that's interesting, because I remember them talking about how he... He does something with spies. He works with the First Order spies, but then he also, like, will interrogate, like, resistant spies when they come across them or something. There's something to do with spy work. I don't know. Intelligence, perhaps. Hmm. Who knows? Like ESB. Yeah, sure. The, um, so yeah, Carr's all mad because he just made his first friend and Maisie wants to go on an adventure now and he's like, well, I don't want to fucking stay here and I don't want to go to this goddamn trade school, so... Maybe we just go on an adventure and we can find some Jedi artifacts and I can touch them and I can get a more clear picture of what exactly happened to the Jedi. And Maisie doesn't, still doesn't really believe that the Jedi were real, but she's just kind of like down to clowns. So she's mm-hmm. like, right, let's go steal my ship and do this. I rebel. They go to the little, let's call it a garage hangar, whatever. They get the family yacht. Dad's off on assignment, so he's not there to say no. Mom just doesn't fucking care, I guess. Uh, they grab RZ, they bring him, and they decide to go hunting for Jedi artifacts starting on Utapau, because I guess it's, like, the closest planet to them or something. Yeah. Why is... I don't know why they just started to start there. I think they just think that it's the closest one. They're like, well, we know that Clone Wars battles happen there, and it's yeah. close by, so let's just start there. Oh, yeah. I think they knew that's where General Grievous died Yeah, or something. Yeah. That was yeah. probably in their, their little history books. So they roll up to Utapau, and Maisie's like, um, now what? We're here. And Things look and smell funky. Yeah, and they are like, well, let's go find a junk shop, because if we can find a junk shop, we can find old stuff, and we can touch them, and, you know, who knows? So they roll up to this junk shop, and they're like, hey, buddy, uh, to the owner, they're like, do you have any, like, Clone Wars shit laying around? And the owner is like, well, fuck me, I've got the biggest Clone Wars thing for you to, like... Yeah. See, I have me. He's like, I am a relic of the Clone Wars because my dad was a clone. I did not know that this was a potential thing that could happen, that the clones could, like, reproduce. That seems sort of strange to me. Huh. Um, but, yeah. So this shop owner who, like, owns this random place on Utapau is the child of a clone. And they basically, like, want to sit and kind of chat with him a little bit, but he doesn't really know much. Yeah. And uh, he's like, well... Let's look around because I have some stuff that I think could be interesting to you. They sort of are playing this whole thing off of like as we're we're doing this like, you know, school project. school project. We need to like document some items. It's all extra credit, whatever, blah, whatever, horseshit. And so the kids go, by the way, this the shop owner's name is Sconto, which is strange. Sconto. It looks like Sconto, but they, huh. I think they said Sconto in the book. And Sconto's like, well, here, like check out this cool staff that I have. Allegedly, it belonged to Tion Maiden, which is cool. That's how they pronounce it in the book. So that's how oh, they pronounce it. Tian Maiden. So he's like, I don't know. That's just what somebody told me. But you know, I, I, you know, I don't have any reason to believe that it's not. So why don't you like check this out? So Car's like, Oh, dope. And so he takes his glove off and he touches it. It's like Beavis and Butthead. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me touch that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and Dolphin laugh. Slots. Sorry. <laughs> I hear there are a lot of slots in Vegas. We're going to get, what is, what is their whole thing? Like, we're going to get laid or something. 
I don't remember what their whole thing was. Beavis and Butthead to America is one of the funniest I movies. I love that movie. Yeah. Beavis for a score. The boys are whacking in the trailer. <laughs> oh, fuck. Bring the score. Yeah. Yeah. Aim Cornholio. So <laughs> <too. laughs> God damn it. Horse Collector was riveting. I'm sure you guys can tell. <laughs> so, so good. Okay. So, Card touches the staff, and the Force shows him this extended version, basically, of Tian Maiden's interaction with Obi-Wan Kenobi in Revenge of the Sith. So, so cool. in this extended version, Kenobi tells Maiden that he and General Skywalker dueled with Grievous, which is kind of cool. That's like this little extra conversation that they have. That we don't actually see in the movie. So it's kind of fun. So he has that vision. He kind of like... He's he's sort of starting slowly throughout the book to kind of get the hang of these visions where he doesn't fully like completely seize up or anything. He just kind of gets like a little bit wobbly. Mm-hmm. So after he has this vision, he's like, we need to go find some like food or something because now I feel weird. And so they go to like basically a bar and he sits down and he tells Maisie about his vision and uh, he mentions... Skywalker because he hears that name mentioned in his vision and he's like well he must have been a Jedi so we need to like see what else we can learn about this Jedi guy um, about the Skywalker guy so some dude in the bar overhears this and he's like oh I know Skywalker that guy pulled one of the Empire ships down from the sky out of the Battle of Vashu no Jakku the Battle of Jakku I'm pretending to be a drunk person in a bar on Utapau. That's how they sound. Um, so the guy is like, okay. Or so Carr and Maisie and RZ are like, all right, to Jakku. All so, right. So they get back on the ship um, and they decide to head off to the Western reaches and they have to like fly through hyperspace and it takes a while. So they all like go to sleep and whatnot. They wake up the next day. They get out of hyperspace. They land on Jakku and they go directly to Nima Outpost. Fun note, in the audiobook, they pronounce it Naima. Oh, Naima? Naima. Like, it's not pronounced like that in The Force Awakens, because Ray says Nima outpost, I'm pretty weird. sure. So they keep, they keep saying Naima, which is weird to me. Well, it could be like how people pronounce Hawaii differently. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's how Star Wars just is. Everything's yeah. pronounced weird. Five different ways. Exactly. It's all right and it's all wrong, so it's fine. So they go immediately to Unkar Plot's like concession stand and he takes them to the back he like closes the concession stand because they're like hey we have credits we want to buy stuff and he's like okay so he takes them to the back and he's like this is where i keep all my special shit either stuff that i collect or stuff that i think i can sell to like high-end buyers so why don't you check out this fucking cool ass throttle from this ship that a jedi definitely flew and they're like (laughs) how do you know that a Jedi flew it? And he's like, I don't know. Um, and it's, that's kind of where the story goes from there. Car touches it. It doesn't, nothing happens. He's like, a Jedi didn't fucking, whatever, dude. It kind of is this like dead end in the book. But again, it's this weird thing that we end up on Jakku and we're talking to Unkar Plot and I don't even know. He still has both of his arms. So it clearly must be set sometime before the Force Awakens. But it sort of started getting me thinking about Unkar Plot and if he's collecting all this scrap from those Star Destroyers, what the fuck is he doing with all of it? Like, how does he get money to then, like, buy all the food stuff that he then distributes to the scrappers who are bringing him all the shit? 
Like, is he? Do you think he's selling all this stuff to the like the people on Exegol to like build more star destroyers? Uh, it could be melting it down and selling the metal. Yeah, because he would be selling the metal to the first order for them to like reforge it. Sure, that's true. But yeah, I just had never given it any thought before I read this book. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing with all this stuff? Hmm. I don't know. Just something to think about. I thought it's interesting. Yeah. I don't need a comic or anything about it, but, I, no, you know, it's that, just... that would be the worst. Oh, oh my God. God. Did you just will that into the universe? Like, they're going to give us I a new not. series, and there's going to be a whole book devoted to what happens to the parts. And it's just going to be Uncar plot, and then, like, he's going to have five Kaz characters that are just running around shop always, <laughs> and that's going to be the whole sh- series. Uncar plot and his parts. Yeah. Uncar oh. plot's parts. Plutz parts. Plutz parts. That's what I would call it if I That's, had a business. Yeah. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to get a little hammered drinking this. This is a lot of rum. I kind of like it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, car holds the throttle and nothing happens. He's like, this is horse shit. Let's like go wander around Nemo Outpost and see what we can find. Which of course, if you all remember the Force Awakens, the beginning of it, you know what special ship is hanging out in Nemo Outpost under a tarp. The Millennium Falcon. So inevitably in their wandering, they come across it. And Kara is like, hey, there's something special about this ship. I can feel it as I'm like getting closer to it. And they go, they just basically go on and board the ship. And I'm like, is no one supervising this? Like, isn't there literally no guard anywhere that's just hanging around being like, hey, you kids, you can't just walk on the Millennium fucking Falcon. But no, they just like kind of like sidle their way over there real subtly. I mean, it's under a blanket and stuff, isn't it? I know, but it's kind of like out in the middle of like a big open space, if I remember The Force Awakens correctly. It's not like... Yeah, but people are cleaning their shit and arguing with... Plus plus parts. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Sure, so everyone's distracted. So no one sees them board the ship, but they go on board, and they're just kind of wandering around, exploring, looking for shit... And Kara's just like, I can feel that there's something in here. Like, I can, I, I just want to, like, I feel like there's a prize inside the Cracker Jack box of this ship. So let's go hang out. In their exploration, Car comes across a training remote, the training remote, in fact, mm-hmm. that Luke used to practice in A New Hope. He removes his glove, touches it, and is, of course, transported to a vision um, that, again, is sort of an extended version of the scene in A New Hope where Luke and Luke is training with Obi-Wan using the training remote. There's not a whole lot of extra stuff that it adds to it, but it's just kind of fun to see these little, like, extended blurbs mm-hmm. of these very cool scenes. Yeah, and a lot of it, he doesn't see it super clearly. No. So this one, he hears Obi-Wan and Skywalker again, just, yeah. like, the names, and he just assumes it's the same person, has on Utapau, Obviously not knowing the whole story yet. Yeah. He, so, it doesn't occur to him that there could be more than one Skywalker. So he's, yeah. Slowly piecing things together, or attempting to piece things together. But it just shows how disjoint any information is about, like, what really happened. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's interesting. Eventually they get off the Falcon. They head back to the outpost and they to, you know, kind of poke around more. So while Carr is out looking for food, the First Order stormtroopers show up and take Maisie with them. So basically her father like sent them after her. They're like, bring her home. We don't know why she left. We don't know where she is, but track her and bring her home. I think they must have tracked the ship there, but for some reason they don't take the ship. Yeah, I thought that was weird. Yeah, it's strange to me that they just take her. They leave the ship. And so now RZ and 
car are left to just continue their adventures without Maisie. Um, and neither one of them are solid flyers. They have to kind of figure it out as they go. It's sort of part of the adventure. But she, Maisie does take a moment with Carr before they cart her off of Jakku. <laughs> and they're like... Before they car. Yeah, exactly. She gives him her communicator and... Um, the, at this point in the audiobook, Across the Stars starts to play. Like, this Ew. is supposed to be some kind of, like, romantic moment or something. And I was like, I don't I didn't find like anything this. about their relationship no. romantic. No. It's very, like, friend zone Yeah. It just like, happens that, like, because she's a chick and he's a dude. I like, guess. I'm like, they. this kid's literally never had any friends. This is his first friend. And now you're going to turn it into, like, romance. This poor kid's going to be so fucking, like, fucked up. He's, like, never going to be able to have any real <laughs> friends in his life. Just saying. Or he's just going to be like a serial monogamous. Those people are so annoying. Um, I want to get married one day. Anyway, so Maisie gives him the communicator and she's like, all right, I'm going to go with these guys. It's just, I guess, stay in touch or whatever. Chat later. And he's like, okay, so RZ and Carr are like, all right, now what? You know, they start kind of piecing it together and they're like, oh, we need to take the yacht and eventually they're going to find us with this yacht. They're going to remember that we just took this ship yeah. and come for it. So in the meantime, we need to, like, live it up. So let's go find some hoes. We're going to go find some spice. We're going to plug in the iPod. And we're going to fucking rage. Let's have a party. Yeah. And also, it's really hot as shit here. And I'm mad for not having chapstick. Yeah. They hate it on Jakus. Yeah, Jakus sucks. Okay, just kidding. They don't actually say that they're going to have rage. Um, they are like, we have to just like try and accomplish as much as we can and find as many artifacts as we can while we have the ship until someone comes and takes it. So they are like, let's uh, go, you know, wander around, see what else we can find out here on, in Nima Outpost. And Carr talks to this dude who like is probably bullshit, but he's like, hey, I'd never heard about a Jedi who pulled ships from the sky, but... I do know of a ship that fell from the sky that had a Jedi in it. And Carr's like, well, that's kind of helpful. So the guy tells him, you should, you need to go to this moon, this desert moon that orbits Obadiah. And if you go there, you're going to find the wreckage of a Jedi Master's crashed ship. He's like, that's all I know. And Carr's like, no, really, but like, how do you know this? And the guy's like, okay. Um, <laughs> a lot me tell like, you a story. So I'm a pike. And, um, like my friend, my family, they were like the Pikes and we like, were sort of spice stealers. Well, I'd and- assume like the Pike syndicate. Yeah. And he's like, we, um, we like shot him down. So sorry. Yeah. And they were paid to by Dooku. Yeah. I think. So he's like, my bad, but you should maybe like still go check it out. Um, because the ship wreckage could be kind of fun. Just be careful when you get here because the Pikes are dicks. So good luck. And Kara's like okay, I guess what do we have to lose? And RZ is like, our lives. And Car's <laughs> like, uh-huh, cool, let's go. So they go to this desert moon, and uh, Car takes the, uh, Car like kind of goes to sleep on the way there, and he sort of flashes back to a memory. And again, these are kind of sprinkled throughout. This one in particular is about Car and Jahara discussing attachments. So it's flashing back to a time, like about three years earlier, he's 14 years old, and his like toy ship, he has like a toy of an X-Wing that broke, and his mo- his grandma basically starts explaining to him, like, oh, like, it's not good to have attachments, because if you have attachments, then that can lead to jealousy. And so the Jedi have no attachments. And that sort of leads into a bigger conversation about how the Jedi don't get married. They don't have close, they don't have romantic relationships. And this is sort of a big part of their creed. And Kara is just kind of like, oh, 
well, that sucks. And she's like, yeah, kind of, I guess. And um, it's just this kind of sweet moment um, between him and his grandma where she really is trying to give him, like, Jedi training. Yeah. But she can't because she is not herself a Jedi. She's just kind of passing along what she knows about the Force and helping him to try try and find his way Mm -hmm. to be closer to it. So... They eventually, you know, he wakes up, they land on this planet that's, that's this moon that's orbiting Obadiah, and they make their way to the wreckage. Carr goes exploring in the wreckage in the desert, and he finds a storage locker that got ripped off of the wall when the ship crashed. Mm-hmm. And so he goes kind of, you know, exploring in that, and he finds an empty life support pack, which I thought was an interesting detail to include, because that sort of is our little hint, like, hey, remember when Valorum's aide was with... Yeah. Was on the ship, too, and he survived, so the life support pack must but have been But he was on him. a different planet. Wasn't he on Felucia? I think that was before they crashed on this planet. Okay. I just assumed that he was, like, taken on Felucia somehow, and then Sifo-Dyas was by himself when he got shot down. Yeah. Actually, no, I don't know. No, I'm not sure. So maybe sifo lived for a little bit. Maybe. Ooh. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting that the life support pack was gone. I was like, well, one of them used it. So that's kind of cool. Someone walked away from this crash, maybe. So he finds, uh, Carr also finds in this like little storage locker a round palm-sized device. And he hollers to RZ that he found something. And that's the end of chapter 12, which is where I cut myself off. So the next part is on to you. All right. So the little puck, he gets working. And it's Sifidius. And oh, so it's like a hologram of him talking. Yes. Got it. Just like, I'm being shot down. If you find this, like, I'm probably dead or something. I don't remember what Ollie says, to be honest. Do you? No. Okay. It's not that important. Yeah. But Carr's like, oh, he's wearing Jedi robes and stuff. It's a real Jedi. Oh. And, you know, just like really jazzed about it. Yeah. Uh, whatever he says isn't, isn't that important, I don't think. So they're like really excited about that. And then somehow they end up going to Batu. I'm assuming they go to a bar again on, like, one of the Pike planets or nearby planets. Yeah. And They're just kind of, like, like oh. planet hopping and bar hopping in each place, which I'm, like, good yeah. for you guys. I'm like, where do you guys recommend going? <laughs> It'd be my plan, too, you know? Yeah. So someone was like, oh, you want, like, Jedi relics? The best guy ever is Doc Ondar on Batu. So they're like, oh, okay, let's go. Nur. So they go to Doc Ondar's. Nur. <laughs> <laughs> What it? What is? Does it, does he have a name for a shop? Is it the Den of Antiqu- Antiquities? Yeah, Doc Under's Den of Antiquities. Very nice. Good okay. memory. Ah, yes, holler. So Car's like, yes, I would like to see your wares, good sir, and you know, touch them. I have plenty of money, and Doc Under's like, mm, I don't know about that, whatever, and um. I think Doc Ondor kind of figures out there's something weird with him, but not sure what. Yeah. So he's like, okay, I have this, like, broken lightsaber thing. And it used to be an Inquisitor. And I don't think Cal knew what an Inquisitor was or what that meant. But when he touched it, he saw fighting. And that the person that this this blade was fighting against look just like him so he's like oh my god did i have a past life where like i fucking like killed a jedi holy shit or like is there something in the future or like what does this mean i don't know is it future is it past but anyway it was him killing what he presumed to be a jedi because he wouldn't have known what inquisitors are and uh so we kind of freaked out about it but it was like 
pre-busted lightsaber. It didn't really work mm-hmm. fully, I don't think. Anyway, the kid's like, okay, yeah, you're right. I don't have money, blah, blah, blah. And Doc Under's like, okay, listen, you do me a favor and I'll let you like keep that thing. And he's like, what? He's like, yeah, here, all you have to do is bring this box to Maz Kanata on Takodana. And Car's like, what? Um, okay. And he's like, just bring it straight to her. Like, don't stop. You know, blah, blah, blah. He's like, all right. So then he goes off to Takodana. And he's like, we see Maz Kanata's like helper droid, which is really cool. Because I think we only saw it in like Aftermath. Maybe there's a story of like her on the castle with the droid. I do not remember that there's, at all. There's some little aside somewhere in one of the books that's Maz Kanata and her droid. Okay. I just keep thinking of Dot from Spaceballs <laughs> for some <laughs> reason. But uh, Maz knows he's coming and, like, knows he's special. And I think, like, one of her tests is, like, Han sold her his medal from the medal ceremony or something. Oh, the throne room scene? and uh... A New Hope. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Carr touches it and she's like, oh, it's so-and-so's and... Maz is, like, pissed off, like, ah, oh, I knew he lied to me. Like, I think he said it was Luke's, but it was his or something. Gotcha. And um, anyway, so she's like, okay, so you can touch the thing in this box. It's a dick. Yeah, I remember that part. It's a dick in a box. Mm-hmm. And um, no, it's really a robot arm. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's heavily implied that this is – most likely the right arm that C-3PO has been missing. Yeah. I mean, sorry, left arm. Yes. This is the left because people lose their right arms. Non-people use their left arms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's implied this is C-3PO's arm, which, like, why it took them so many years to replace it and, like, how it ended up with Doc Ondar and then sent to Maz Kanata is just really <laughs> bizarre to me. Yeah. But Carr touches it and sees the entire Skywalker saga up until that point. Wow. Because 3PO has, has seen it all. Has seen it all. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So he sees, like, pretty much everything from um, Attack of the Clones up. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. I forgot about that part. Which is cool because no one's ever addressed, like, 3PO and R2's memories. Yeah. You know? Because remember you thought that that's what Rise of Skywalker was going to be? Yeah. Like, the retelling of it. That's really cool. So, do they, does it, at this point, does it differentiate, like, between Anakin and Luke for Uh, him? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think, I think at this point he's like, oh, wow. And he's pretty much also like, well, this is kind of all I need to know. He keeps almost going to Tatooine or almost figuring out to go to Tatooine, but never does. Yeah, he wants to make like a side stop, but Doc Arndar told him like, don't make any side trips, go straight to Takadana. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, twin sons. Hmm, why is that familiar? Hmm, twin sons. Why is that familiar? Hmm, 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 I'm Car. And um, yeah, he, he, he never makes it to Tatooine. Spoiler alert. I mean, this is all spoilers, but whatever. Anyway, so he ends up going back to his home planet. I think they're almost out of gas, and then, like, Maisie Skypes him, and there's, like, some trouble going on or something, so he brings the ship back. Yeah. And he goes home, and his parents are all like, oh, we're so worried about you. And he's like, mm, okay, you fucking liars. You've been sending me doctors for, like, 10 goddamn years, 
saying that, you know, you're worried about me having a brain tumor or something and you knew it was a forced thing all along and you just didn't want to tell me. And they were like, well, we're trying to protect you because um, your great grandfather was a Jedi. And he was like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? My great grandfather was a Jedi. And no one would tell me. And they're like, well, you know, we told your grandmother not to tell you because we just thought it might be dangerous or something. And I'm like, and so he was like really pissed off. As he should be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then another thing to note about cars, he's been collecting random artifacts for years. Like he has books on, he's like antique roadshow. Yeah. Like he has books on how much things are worth. and Like he knows these things are going to give him visions and make him pass out, but he also likes it because he thinks it's kind of cool to learn about this yeah, shit. Yeah, so, so he's got a whole closet of stuff. Yeah. That's, that's kind of useful for the boring end of this book. But um Anyway, so he's like, what? My great-grandfather was a fucking, like, Jedi, blah, 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 uh, Anywho, so. It's exactly how the audiobook sounded, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I should be a narrator yep. because I just add, like, so much, so much joy <laughs> mm-hmm. to these books. And Maisie's, like, it, there's just, like, a bunch of bullshit with Maisie and her family. Anyway, she heads over to Cars, and she's like, I bet your grandmother hid something in her room. And they start, like, searching his grandmother's room. And they find this, like, projector recording thing that's yeah. like, hey, if you're seeing this, I'm probably dead. But guess what? My dad was Jedi. Woo! Um, he left my family because he was worried about us getting killed. And – but I think I know where he is. And I think he's on this planet and he's in this area and his house looks like this. Because he would send them recordings every now and then. So she'd, like, slowly figure it out over the years. But basically she was abandoned by him as a child. <laughs> And only heard from him, like, once every month or two. Yeah. If that. Sad. Yeah. But he knew that the Jedi were being hunted down, and he was, like, I, you know, he, he had good... In- them safe. He had good intentions. I think he really did, like, wh- at whatever point he met her mother, like, really did love them. Well, probably by the time that he thought it was safe, like, probably the wife was dead and everyone yeah. was old. Yeah. So, um, anyhow, uh... So they're like, okay, this is going to be our last trip. Maisie talks her parents into letting her take the ship again. Yeah. I don't. They, oh, yeah, because she's like, oh, well, we'll put a tracker on the ship and you'll know where we are at all times and it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. And then they do a switcheroo and get the tracker to a neighbor. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, they're also like adults. Like they're 17 almost. Like they're almost adults in probably whatever society that they're in. Yeah. But she's actually never been trained to drive a ship also. I guess not formally, but she's the pilot at the beginning of the book, too. So yeah. she knows she does know how to fly. Well, her dad was like, but we've really only been on one trip. Like, how do you know how to do this? <laughs> so, she's like, video games, motherfucker. <laughs> Holler. Arcade. Yep. And um, anyway, they go to this planet and, like, really sucks. It's like an old mining planet. Ew. And it's abandoned. And they're, like, slashing around in mud, and they find, like, this hut that's probably the house, and it's, like, up on stilts, like, over the water, and, you know, kind of in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. Yeah. And they start climbing a ladder to go into it, and then they get stopped by this crazy old man. His great-grandfather is still alive as fuck. How fucking crazy is that? This Uh, was a huge surprise to me while I was reading this book. I was like, how is that old fucker still alive? So old. Yeah. So it turns out, like, he didn't know everything that ended up happening and, like, the whole story with, like, the Jedi turning and everything because he had kind of, like, I think he left the Order before Order 66. Oh, yeah. So he had, like, rebelled because obviously he got married and had kids. And um, 
Doesn't like an inquisitor, doesn't he tell a story about the inquisitor? Yeah, so Cal was like, I saw myself like killing an inquisitor or something. Anyway, he realized that when he picked up the inquisitor lightsaber, it was actually his granddad he was seeing and not him. And then he wasn't seeing the vision fully and then it was his granddad killing an inquisitor and not like him killing a Jedi. Oh God. Yeah. So that was really cool. And then they talked and he's like, yeah, grandma's dead, but I'm here blah 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 and like this that and the other happened and like yada 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 and then the old man was like hmm okay let's have some tea and then they like talked a little bit more and then he just like closed his eyes and died (laughs) as you do in star wars yeah yeah and uh car was like oh no what happened and maze is like "Mm, he's gone he closed his (laughs) eyes and died duh Yeah, so Car's, like, kind of bummed out about it, and they, don't they, like, light him, they do, like, a Jedi funeral for him? I, I think so, I don't like, remember. Like, they light him on fire and throw him off the balcony or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope so. It's something like that. Yeah, and, uh, they just light him on fire. And then they're, like, digging around in, like, his house and find a box with, like, his Jedi robes in it. Mm-hmm. So Car steals the Jedi robes yeah. to add to his little collection. They go home, and Maisie's like, what are you going to do now? And Car's like, I'm going to go to sewing school. And she's like, what? Like, after all of this, you're going to fucking sewing school? He's like, yep, I think I'm just meant to be a collector. I don't remember what she does, because it really doesn't fucking matter. It truly doesn't. There is a whole thing where he says something like, I'm going to hold on to these because someday someone's going to need them or something. He's like, someone is going to, like... He just wants to collect things. Yeah, I don't know. The whole story. It's sort of a strange ending. I remember thinking that, but it's a, uh, I remember at one point, you know, there's this, Carr has this little moment where he's like, you know, this is going to be my thing. He's like, I am finally free. I am taking control of my destiny. This is my story and I'm going to go figure all of it out. And so that's really what the whole book is about, is about this one character sort of finding what his destiny is and his place in all of this, which I really enjoyed. So I, I ended up really enjoying some aspects of this. I love it when Sifo-Dyas was brought into the story. I was really thinking that his grandfather was going to be like someone we knew, like it was going to be a familiar name. Mm-hmm. So I was sort of surprised when it wasn't. Um, but for the most part, like I, I ended up really liking this. Yeah. I mean, like I said earlier, I really liked the ideas and the Easter eggs. Yeah. But, like, how it was executed was just bland. Yeah. It just wasn't needed at all. Yeah. You know, like, it... Meh. There was a really interesting thing that happened at one point while this book was being written, I think, and Kevin Shinnick, who... He was at um, Comic-Con 2019 when I was there. He was there for the Lucasfilm or the publishing panel. And there was a really interesting moment when he talks about how... Let's see. Is he part of Project Luminous? No. He got a call from Lucasfilm at one point after he submitted a draft for the the story of Force Collector, telling him that he had inadvertently written a big segment of Episode Nine into his story, and he had to rewrite the story. And I was like, that's fucking fascinating. Well, that also goes back to how much they tell these comic book and book writers about the movies before they write them. Or apparently don't tell them anything. Yeah. Like, it's it's really interesting to me. I'm like, yeah, th- so this is this whole book was supposed to be part of the journey to the the rise of Skywalker. Like, you couldn't tell him anything about 
what that movie was going to be about to the point where he actually wrote part of the movie into his book and had to <laughs> go back and rewrite it. Like, good God. That's funny. How it's inefficient. Like I know. I thought that was hilarious. And how psychic of it is it that he also has, you know, his little protagonist has the same abilities as Quinlan Voss and Cal Kestis. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, Kevin Shannon's definitely got something going for him. Yeah, but... and this Fallen Order came out within a couple of weeks of each other, right? Yeah. When did Force Collector come out? I have no idea. I don't December, remember. November. It just was weird to me because this really did feel so much younger than, like, Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Like, we read that book. That's a young adult book. And that just felt so much, like, more mature than this did. This felt like it was aimed at, like, a, a much younger audience. Oh, my God. This came out in October and we just not got around to it. It came out <laughs> on my birthday. Um, yeah, I watched the Star Wars Explained video because I was trying to, like, freshen up on the plot. Yeah. Even though I finished it just finished a few weeks ago i already forgot yeah and um i watched the star wars explained video and he was like yeah this is more of like a young reader book than a young adult and it's it's true it's i don't think it's worth your time to read interesting didn't realize that uh damon and i were on the same page there cool yeah 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 it was Again, it's not t- probably worth, it's not essential reading. It was an interesting story, especially if you really want to go back and sort of get some of those extended versions, extended cuts of those scenes from the movies. It's kind of fun. It's a quick read, too. It's very quick. It's quick to listen to, quick read. That like Again, it's uh, Mark Thompson does the narration of the audiobook. There's great use of a lot of the prequel music in it, some questionable use of prequel music as well, and overall sort of a fun story. So I'm glad we did co- finally come back around to it. I don't see what it has to do with The Rise of Skywalker again and again. And yeah, mm-hmm. not essential mm-hmm. reading, but a fun read overall. Easy read. Easy breezy read. Mm-hmm. All right. On to the next one, Kylo Ren 3. This, there's not a lot to talk about because we mostly talked about it last episode, the preview on StarWars.com, which I'm not going to read the previews anymore. Ooh, I don't know if I have enough self-control to do that. I mean, there's only one more issue left. I know. But the preview on StarWars.com was almost the entire comic. Yeah, it was pretty the, pretty much the entire gist or the main part of this, of issue three of The Rise of Kylo Ren, uh, which, again, yeah, you said we talked about it last episode. Uh, we're going to go ahead and dive into it anyway, but yeah, there's not a ton of new information to talk about. It's so strange. Yeah. They, start, they need to stop with these previews. And I'm like, the thing is, is that even if you don't read the preview, you're going to see the spoilers of the preview on Twitter because people can't fucking resist. I mean, like, I woke up the morning that this came out and I didn't read the comic immediately. I logged on to Twitter, like, on the train on my way to work and people had fucking posted, like, panels from the, pa- like, the whole oh. thing on Twitter. I'm like, can we not? Oh my god, I didn't notice. Oh, I was mad. Um, but basically, <laughs> Kylo Ren meets up with the Knights of Ren, or Kylo meets up with the Knights of Ren in a bar. They were like, "Oh, did you have a? Did you kill? You kill someone yet? Like, was it a good death?" And he's like, "Yeah, it was Jedi." And there was a flashback to his three friends from the temple who had chased him to like this old, the old temple that him and. uh Luke and Laura Santeca. Yes. Where they first met the Knights of Ren. Yes. And sent them running. Yes. So his three friends start fighting him and he's like, oh, just stop fighting me. This is annoying. They were like, no, we're going to kill you. One of them's a little hesitant. Like, can we just talk? And, uh, <laughs> and they're like, no. And uh, anyway, he kills the Quarren and then pushes the other two. Okay, you like jumped way far ahead. What like, else are we missing? Okay, so there's the whole thing where he like goes he dives into like how he knows 
each of the three Jedi that are like battling him. Yeah. Because the Knights of Ren need to know, like, is this a good death? And like, tell me what these people actually mean to you. Oh. So we dig yeah. into a little bit of like who each of these people are in flashback to them as children training. And Ben basically goes into this whole thing about how Vo was always really jealous of him because she always just wanted to like beat him and be as good as he is. And she's basically just a little bitch. And yeah. Luke has to like sit down and explain to her like Ben is not stronger in the force. He's like more open to it or something. Yeah. Which I'm like, right. okay. And like that's, I guess that's fine. But basically that's the whole gist of it is that like she's just kind of jealous and always trying to beat him. Like if Hermione was jealous. Yeah. Because Harry was stronger, but she just like knew how to execute better and studied hard. Yeah. So then he talks about uh, Henix. He's like, so Vo thought that the Force was a contest that she could win. Henix always thought of it as a puzzle. So his thing that like, he was always trying to like just figure things out. Like he was just a thinker. He's probably kind of just always in his head. And which one was Henix? Henix is the Corrin. Okay. Um, and so he, you know, they're, we're flashing back to like visions of him sort of studying these holocrons. And in one of the panels of Henix studying the holocron, he does finally get it open, and there's this picture of this knight-looking person. They kind of look like, you know, like knight in shining armor or something. They have It's like a white human. They have blonde hair. I can't tell if this is a man or a woman. They have armor on. And once he opens the holocron, this person is like, hello, searcher. And uh, it tells him that he's going to guide him on his way. So it's Hmm. supposed to be like a little like lesson, I think, within this holocron he's trying to figure out. But the theory that's out there is that this person that's in there in like the holocron high republic has bullshit. something to do with the high republic and it's going to have something to do with project luminous and that time period and all that or whatever so Got it's it. kind of interesting then ben launches into this whole thing about the uh the the third friend the third jedi that's come to battle him on this planet his name is ty ty is the one that seemed really to be sort of have the closest connection to ben solo they seem to sort of be friends and so they are sitting and talking and he's kind of talking about you know like He's sort of telling Ben in this flashback, like, you know, you can open up, you can be yourself, like, it's really okay, you don't have to kind of lock things away, and, you know, he's like, you know, I do have to lock things away, I'm Ben Solo, ha 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 ha. I do what I want, you don't know me. They have this, like, really kind of cute, meaningful conversation in this flashback, I actually really like it, you can tell that he just wanted to, like, be friends with them, he just wanted to be nice, yeah. So, yeah, that's basically it. So he's like, yeah, that was uh, that. Here's the picture of these three people. That's who they all are to me. So now let's talk about the fight. So, you know, Ty is trying to get into his head and like try to like talk, talk things out. And he's just like, no, fuck you, Ty. And then uh, this is the panel that we get where fucking Ben Solo goes straight up Superman. And he's like holding his lightsaber in one hand. And he's like jumping really high and with the other and it's just fucking ridiculous this comic is out of control but it's like also kind of awesome i was really into this (laughs) but this is the kind of shit that got spoiled for me on twitter i'm like you fuckers knock it off so they're all fighting and like vo goes after him like he Mm -hmm. jumps really high force jumps into the air onto like some cliff and vo goes after him and then hennix is like we really shouldn't do this like let's just stop let's think about this before we all like before we all do this, and Vo is just like, no, like, Ben Solo is a murderer. He has to face justice. Like, I'm gonna, you know, he murdered everyone in the temple, basically. So, yeah, they all think that he destroyed the temple. Ben Solo basically told the Knights of Ren that he destroyed the temple. 
it's only us, the audience, that kind of know, like, that he really didn't. Or, or it was an accident. It was an accident. Yeah, there's some something bigger there. Hopefully we'll out, find out in issue four. So, yeah. So, he's like, oh, you think I'm uh, the murderer? Do you want me to be a murderer, bish? And so, he, like, force pushes her off of the cliff. <laughs> and she, like, flies down. Bish. Yeah. <laughs> but then he, like, he, like, immediately regrets it. He's like, oh, fuck. Like, he didn't, like... He pushes her off, but he didn't want to actually hurt her or kill her. He kind of, like, pauses, and he's like, oh, fuck, sorry. And so he, like, grabs her midair with the Mm -hmm. force and kind of holds her. Um, And then, let me see. As he's, like, so as he's holding her, that's when, like, Henix comes up from behind, and he can't see that Vo is still alive. He thinks that Ben just chucked her off the cliff and she's dead. Mm -hmm. But he's he's actually, he's having to, like, concentrate and hold her. But then I think Hennix, like, throws his lightsaber yeah, at him. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, and so when he throws it, then Ben has to, like, stop paying attention to what he's doing holding Vo in the air. And he has to, like, you know, pr- protect himself from this lightsaber that's flying at him. And so he loses concentration. Vo drops. Ideally, she would have been able to hold herself. You would think so. You would think so. It is kind of strange. And I think she does kind of catch herself in the end. But yeah, he basically, like, in trying to protect himself from the lightsaber that Hennix just threw at him, like, throws it back at mm-hmm. uh, at Hennix, which is like, oh, fuck. And now that at this point, Vo has fallen and sort of landed in Ty's arms for the most part. So he kind of caught her. I don't know if she caught herself at any point. I'm not sure. But it's sort of implied that... Ben Solo, like, killed Hennix with his own lightsaber in mm-hmm. that he sort of boomeranged it yeah. to, like, fly back at him, which is sad. You don't actually see him die, I don't think. So I'm like, oh, I guess we're just supposed to, like, get that yeah. from the implication. But it's also, like, I just don't care. <laughs> yeah, because I'm just like, none of these characters matter because it's all, this is all it's done. for issues. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, oh, shit, like, um, Ben, like, what happened to Hennix? And he's like, get inside the outpost. Um, like, nothing matters. Just, like, fuck you guys. And so he force pushes the shit out of them into uh-huh. back into, like, inside this temple. And then, like, destroys the entrance of the temple so all the rocks fall and they can't get out. So they're like, oh, no, motherfucker, don't do that. And he's just like, okay, bye. <laughs> so, he, like, so he leaves. And the, so we flash back to him talking to the Knights of Ren. And he's like, yeah, so that's what I did. I killed Hennix. <laughs> So I killed a Jedi. So is that a good enough death for you guys? Or, and they're like, well, you didn't really want to kill him. It sounds like, <laughs> like it's not like you like set off yeah. to do that. So, um, but Snoke like kind of vouched for you. So I guess we'll just roll with this. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, we'll just kind of give you a little trial run here, um, and maybe you'll find like another good death that you could cross off your list and become like a real Knight of Ren. Also, you look like garbage, so you need to go find some new clothes. Because <laughs> he's like in his Jedi robes, and they're all torn up and shit. Yeah. And we're like, we can't have fucking Jedi robes rolling around with our squad. So if you could go find like a Forever Twenty One or something for dudes, that'd be great. <laughs> and so he like rolls up in this new outfit, and I am fucking here for this. I'm obsessed with this outfit that he's wearing in this panel. Oh, yeah. I love that outfit. I love it so much. It's like he's, Han Solo in all black. He's, like, dressed in all black. He's got the Han Solo, like, belt buckle thing with the holster on it. And to top it off, he has got, like, it's, like, I don't know what the exact word is. I think the word is quiver. It's, like, the thing that you've got, like, arrows in for a bow and arrow. Yeah. The holder is called a quiver. 
He's got his lightsaber strapped to his back. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, cool. it's not on his fucking hip. It's strapped to his back. This dramatic motherfucker, the grandson of Anakin Skywalker in the flesh, you know it is, with his dramatic entrance. Look at this horse shit. I yeah, love him I like so him. much. I love yeah. it so, so much. So they he rolls up in his new outfit, and the Knights of Ren are like, dope, you look dope, let's roll. And so they all decide that they're going to go back, or they're going to like go find something to burn, I think is actually what they said, which is sort of <laughs> awesome. So I'm like, that sounds like a Beavis and Butthead line, too, yeah. where they're just like, oh, let's go, let's go score. <laughs> so at the very end of it, they flash back to the temple where uh, Vo and Ty are trapped, and they force push the shit out of all the rocks and free themselves, and they're like, now what? <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. And womp, so, womp. They, so they decide to go, like, look for the Knights of Ren and try and find Ben. And he's like, I want to, like, try and help him and get him out of this. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. And then they find Hennix's body at the very end. So, yeah. Yeah, this issue was kind of a dud. Yeah, it's, there's not a ton that happens except for Ben Solo's new outfit. Hey, hey. But there's not a ton else. And I am... It was all spoiled by the preview. It was all spoiled by the preview. I need them to fucking not with these previews. That was like the main part of it they showed in the preview, and there really wasn't much extra that we got out of it. It also so. all could have been done in like one page of flashbacks, like a good death. Hmm. Yeah. And just like shown a few panes of panels. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And um. Yeah. Anyhow. So yeah, kind of a bummer. And then the last one's coming out March 11th. Okay. So, so it's a know. ways off. They've moved up the release dates for. a one or two of them i think now so maybe they would the last one they moved it up a week yeah maybe they changed this one too but i don't know it's yeah i feel like it's been a while but uh, my god like i think that's the best advice is like don't read the previews otherwise this is like basically not worth your money yeah i'm not down with the preview i'm not reading the previews for the next one yeah i probably about them i probably (laughs) i probably will read it but we don't have to talk about it that's fine yeah let's do that i accept that Perfect. Um, these comics are doing really well, though, in terms of sales. Like, oh, they're they, selling the fuck out. Yeah, they keep having to like go back and reprint more because they're just selling the shit out of them. So, like, it's really exciting. Obviously, this is a big draw to read. You know, kind of this character's past would have been nice if they would have taken the time to explore it in the films. But there you go. Totally. Um, so, what's last on our list for recap oh, on tap? Last up is our special extra special recap on tap segment we have a guest for the clone wars season seven premiere yeah so let's roll that we are mixing things up a little bit for our recap on tap and with the season premiere of the clone wars season seven we have a guest from twitter blurred girl jedi maria our good friend who we hear from a lot on the uh in our episodes so welcome maria hi there how's it going good good morning so i guess just to kind of kick off so people can get to know you uh we brought you in because we refer to you as our resident expert on the clone wars uh why is clone wars your favorite what does it mean to you any little bit about you you want to share before we dive in uh sure oh boy a lot of pressure um i i don't know that i'm the expert but um i've watched a lot of hours of it that's for sure and uh wouldn't named my daughter after it if i didn't think it was important to me let's start with um i guess why i love it i had always like 
heard of the movies and all that, but the Clone Wars was actually on TV at the time that I was watching it. I was like, oh, this is a show for kids, but I watched all the anime that was on Cartoon Network and I was like, oh, I'm going to try it. Um, Our Sailor Moon. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm still <laughs> holding out hope for a Sailor Moon movie. Uh, that would be amazing. So yeah, um, just watching it every day. Like I had a really like strict schedule at the time and you knew where I was every Friday night at seven. So it was just one of those things I never missed out on and watching Ahsoka grow up and, you know, getting attached to the clones. And, and it's just, it's a big deal for me. I never thought we would get an ending. I let it go. Like I just, I let it go. I'm like, well, we got rebels. So we got rebels. We got a book, you know, we got dark disciples. So I'm just going to move on. So, um, you know, I let it go for a long time. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, we're going to do it again. I'm like, no. And I just, I didn't, it's not that I didn't want to believe it, but it was just like, it was a big deal for me. So it's like, after I stopped crying, I'm like, this is going to be amazing. Just because I never related to any of the movies. The movies are great. Mm -hmm. Um, I think empire is, is really good. And I love the prequels, but I couldn't identify. Clone Wars was kind of my way in. So it's a very, very special story to me. And um, I love the music, the little fortune cookie at the beginning. And it was the first time I saw like a woman on the evil side and a woman on the good side. And, and then they end up working together. And it's just like, wow, so many more female characters and, and characters of color. And, and that really spoke to me. Um, so I fell in love with the Clone Wars, man. It was just so much fun. And then the toys, then I had to have all the toys and then I had to have the shirt and then I had to, you know, <laughs> and then I had to find out who this Dave Filoni guy was and, oh my God, so much good stuff. Um, yeah, so we can move on. <laughs> I don't want to oh, no. hold us hostage with that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. I never thought of it before, uh, like, a seeing women on light and dark side, you know, for kind of the first-ish time like that. That's really cool way to think about it. I guess before we kind of get into the initial reaction, Maria, I want to mm -hmm. ask, did you, like, when that trailer dropped at Comic-Con and you heard about it, mm -hmm. I mean, like, what was your initial reaction to the, the trailer announcing that the Clone Wars was coming back? Like, did you, cr like, legit, like, did you cry when you found out? Absolutely. Like first I said, Oh my God, Corey. Like, cause Corey, if you don't know Corey, he's um, a podcaster, YouTuber guy. Cusser on transmissions, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. He's my brother from another mother. So I just, mm -hmm. I, was, I was like, Corey, you know, that's why I say, I swear to Corey. Cause he's the only person that I know that probably knows more about Clone Wars than me. Um, so I just, I cried. It, it touched me that I'm finally going to get an ending. Like everything else has been wrapped up except this. And um, it was amazing to see Ahsoka again and to see her a little bit more grown up. And even the rendering of her looks different. Um, so it was really a good feeling. Like, I don't want to be over dramatic, but like a, a piece of you is restored, you know, because like I said, I put that hope away. Like, I just, you know, I let it go. Like, Filoni's going to do TV now. He's done with Rebels, and, and we, we have some things, so I'm not going to bitch about it. Like, you know, and we'll just go from there. And even when I met Ashley 
um, in Orlando at Celebration. She's like, yeah, I don't know if it'll ever come back. I'm like, well, that's okay. You know, it is what it is. So I had really like shut that door. So when the announcement came in, like it, it literally like for days on end, like I was just in tears and really moved by it. I love that because I feel like I had I had like a really emotional reaction to when I found out that it was coming back. And I'm like, I don't even have that much attachment to this show. Like I'm, I'm a much bigger Rebels fan than I am mm-hmm. the Clone Wars. But I, I really, I remember just being so excited. And I just couldn't even imagine what it must have been like to be in that room and to walk into a random Clone Wars panel thinking you were going into like a little remembrance thing and find out that the show is coming. Like, I literally can't even imagine what that must have been like. Those people are like hashtag blessed 100 percent so um so so diving in a little bit to this particular episode we it's been a long year and a half or so of waiting since we found out it was coming back Mm -hmm. uh our first episode of season seven dropped yesterday when we're recording this on on saturday morning your initial reaction to the episode the bad batch what did you think what 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 did you like just like just some sort of initial We'll dive into plot and all that and some little fun tidbits, but what were your initial mm-hmm. thoughts upon its return? I couldn't even get past the music. Like when it came <laughs> on, like immediately the music hits and the fortune cookie pops up and I'm just breathless and I could feel the tears like starting because I never thought I would hear this music again. It's so good. And it sounds a little bit different. Like, I don't know if you're a music nerd or if anyone else understands besides Struthers, but it's just a little bit higher than it used to be. Oh, interesting. So actually, he's done a, a couple of interviews on the podcast circuit already um, that he, he did go back and do some new music. And so it it basically sounds the same. It's just a little bit higher than what it was before. So even before getting into the episode, I had a very emotional response um, to it coming back. And it's just like, oh, my God, we're actually doing this. This is really happening. And then like watching the episodes and how much cleaner it looks now. I'm like, wow, they really spent some time and they really do care. Um, That was the feeling I got was the feeling of care. So you mentioned that the show just kind of looks a little bit more cleaned up a little bit, maybe in like the design Mm -hmm. um, and the overall animation style. What did you think of some of these like sort of changes to the, the actual character models that we're looking at? Like the one that jumped out to me was Anakin looks Mm -hmm. a lot different than he did. in the Clone Wars. (laughs) He's just got very big fluffy hair. Now it's very luscious. They got rid of the square nose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh boy uh yeah there's some lot of changes to anakin um i don't care for the fluffy hair but i do like the way that they've really kind of chiseled his face a little bit more um i i really like the design style and the new models are just really nice um so i guess that's a win the hair is probably not so much a win uh but yeah it was great <laughs> to hear matt lanner again um he's amazing i just well, she'd lay off the Jesus stuff every now and then. But. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> a personal thing. Like, okay, enough with the Jesus-y. Take off your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Just give the people what they want. Right. That's hysterical. <laughs> he sounds great. Now, we didn't, unfortunately, we didn't get a ton of Anakin action in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode one, The Bad Batch. It looks like in episode two, which we'll talk about at the end, we're going to get a lot more Anakin action, I think, in episode two, mm-hmm. which is exciting. So should we dive into like kind of general some plot points and stuff? Alice, do you want to kick it off? 
Uh, well, sure. So we start off on this new planet. I believe it's new called Anaxus. And the Separatists are there. There's a lot of fighting. And what's happening is the Separatists are winning a lot. Like they know all of the moves that are happening and kind of already how to counteract them. And they're using algorithms to calculate when something is highly likely to happen and things like that. So Anakin and Mace Windu are like, I don't know what to do. And Rex and Cody come up and they start saying, hey, these, you know, this playbook kind of looks familiar. We might need to take a different approach and go see what's on their algorithm. Can we have permission to go plan something and sneak on the base, uh, the Separatist base, and try and figure out what's going on? And they bring in the Bad Batch clone force 99 oh my god i'm obsessed with these guys okay so let's pause for a second because if you watched the sort of original unfinished episodes Mm -hmm. that the clone wars released you sort of would have known that this is coming or i guess if you watched the trailer that dropped earlier this week that we'd be getting the bad batch maria did you watch those unfinished episodes yeah i saw the animatics about what four or five years ago when they came out okay i have not actually seen those so i'm i'm kind of not planning to go back and watch those like I kind of want to watch this like play out but yeah this is this is really cool that we get you know you know we get clone force 99 aka the bad badge I love the little like side aside that Rex has where he's just like oh nice touch that's it you know this great mm-hmm. little reference to you know clone 99 it's just cute it is everyone loved 99 so for listeners when we were doing our recaps 99 was the busted old one who kind of sacrificed himself-ish trying to save everyone when Camino was under attack by Asajj and mm-hmm. Grievous. He was the cutest. He's a good boy. Yeah. No. Oh, so sad. Yeah. So staying on the sad note, um, Rex, uh, Rex and Cody sneak away, and Rex is, like, looking at this cute picture of him and some of his old comrades and the picture includes echo and i love this line that cody has here where he says sometimes in war it's hard to be the one that survives that's just like like what a great sentiment that we're sort of getting a little bit deeper into some of these clone psyches in sort of getting a hint of of maybe what's to come in the rest of this episode because we got a little hint of that in the trailer too um which i love but Rex basically expresses this hunch that he has that Echo is out there somewhere and still alive. And having not watched that that episode myself recently, I had to go back and watch some of that Citadel stuff to be like, now what happened with Echo again? Which was interesting because you really kind of don't actually see him die on screen. You see his, you know, you see a big explosion and you see his helmet roll away supposedly not with his head in it i guess but you never know uh but they you know i guess it sounds like somehow they were able to the separatists were able to recover him in some format and uh are now using him apparently or at least that's rex's theory is that they're using him to sort of anticipate the the republic's moves in battle rex is looking at that picture and i just felt really like i could feel the emotion from him you know, um, how much loss he's experienced. Like, it really, I love that moment. It was good to get a moment with Rex by himself and just really, like, feel that emotion. Like, he's lost a lot of his brothers. And, and what must it be like for someone who's built 
to serve and die. Like, what's that like? Um, so it was really sad, but I'm really glad we got that look at that um, photo and just him and, and Cody having an honest conversation amongst each other. That was cool. Um, the Bad Batch are really cute. They're that's that's a nice little group together. And even Wreckers got that like childlike mind. Like you can tell, like he he just takes everything so um with a grain of salt, like he's just having a good time. So I don't know if maybe like not aware of the seriousness of it all or I don't know. I think Wrecker was my favorite of all of the of Batch mm-hmm. 99. <laughs> yeah, they were they were awesome. He was so great. Yeah, so for yeah. our Bad Batch, there were four people. The leader is Hunter and he's kind of a Rambo-looking motherfucker. And then he's got like some special sense of technology or something better than a map says Crosshair, their sniper, uh who's kind of like a creepy he just kind of gives me the crease with his voice. I don't know what it is he reminds me of. And then we have Tech, who's the brains. And yeah, so Brecker, like we were just discussing, he's pretty much the Hulk. But yeah, he seems very, he's always very happy and eager to please. He's kind of like a golden retriever. <laughs> like a really muscly golden retriever. <laughs> With a white eye. Yeah. (laughs) So fun. Yeah. We find out later in the episode that Hunter has like heightened senses and that he can feel electromagnetic frequencies because it wasn't clear initially. I was like, is he just the leader? Is that just his thing? His Bad Batch thing? But yeah, he's got this weird special ability too that we find out later in the episode. So that's kind of fun. So I was going to say all these voices again are D. Bradley Baker because he's every voice of every clone. Even these guys. He's so. incredible. Incredible how they're all like different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was wondering that if it was him doing everything and then I got too lazy to look it up because I think it was like <laughs> three in the morning or something the other night and I was like, mm, I don't need to look this up now. I'm already looking at one screen. That's bad enough. I don't need to pull out my phone. So... Yeah, I love looking that stuff up. But yeah, the this the voice cast in this episode was like literally five people. Like, and it was D. Bradley Baker playing like ten characters. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. He's crazy. I I just I love how he approaches all the clones in a different way. Some sound older, some sound younger, and the Bad Batch, of course, all have very distinct personalities. So this this was really cool. It must have been a really fun like thing for him to do I imagine yeah so uh, back to the episode essentially they go to carry out the plan to get into the cyber center and figure out what the deal is with this magical algorithm the separatists have and they shenanigans shooting pew pew they make it in and tech works with Rex to look for a special algorithm and I think it's like a little card that maybe has he and Echo's little playbook thing. And here we get to the big twist. The algorithm or what have you um, is something that Rex and Echo came up with together. And he's the only person that knows of it that's alive or so they think. Bum, bum, bum. And then he's like, well, can we send a signal to whatever that signal is? He's like, it's not a signal. Um, that's like a organic transmission. He's like, organic. And they hear Echo's call number go out, CT1409. And he's like, it can't be. There's no way. 
And um, it kind of confirms Rex's greatest fear. He's alive. That's so crazy. And I'm wondering, because I haven't watched that other reel, like, Uh, is it him alive or do they have him like frozen in something or is his brain going to be in a jar? Like, what's the deal? Ew. I don't know. So neither one of you have seen it. No. Yeah, I haven't either. I don't want to know. I kind of like, I don't, I don't want to see any of the, the animatics that they released about this, this on. you know, the undone season. I, I kind of want to just be surprised, I think. Which makes this less fun for you, Maria. Sorry. <laughs> if we just look at this episode, how close was this episode from what you can remember, Maria, to the reels that were released a while back? Honestly, almost one-to-one. Really? Uh, my my hope was that they would trim it down a little bit. Um, honestly, like I, I love the story. It's a great story, but I really was hoping they'd trim the fat and we could get another Ahsoka story or something. <laughs> like, how do we get the Ahsoka? Um, but yeah, it looks like it's going to play out exactly the way it was before. That's so mm-hmm. shocking. Is So is this arc, is it two or three, three episodes that they had? Released? Three. Okay. Wow. So three out of the 12 we're getting are kind of already known or out there if you want to find them. So a bunch of people know what's coming up. Yeah, the the folks who have been, you know, tracking this for a long time, they know what's going to happen. I'm not going to spoil it, of course, but... Did they release animatics for the Siege of Mandalore? They did not. Oh, so no one will know what's coming there, at least. But we Because we know that's coming in this season. There's some concept art. Dave has spoken about it at some panels so if you're really smart you can piece it all together Um, but there hasn't I haven't seen any official animatics for that stuff good to know at least we'll all be on the same page there how many episodes did they release the animatics for do you remember just ballpark I think it was just three from the research I did oh really I think it was just the bad batch well that's cool that's good to know um I okay this episode is fantastic I really love it I think it was sort of it was really interesting to me how fast they just kind of jumped in and started running with it. There was no, like, taking a moment to pause and be like, ah, oh, we're back. Yay. Like, anything like that. It was just, like, music, Jedi fortune cookie episode. We're jumping in. We're just, it's all the same. We're back in a big way. And it was it was really fun. So, overall, I really enjoyed this. Yeah. It's like when you have a best friend you haven't seen in a long time, and then you go to catch up, and you're like, oh, it feels like it's only been a day. There we go. Exactly. Yeah. I had a lot of fun watching it. I did notice some things kind of looked different, but I couldn't pinpoint it. Yeah. What it was. Uh, it, it didn't bother me at all or make me feel one way or the other, but that was definitely something I noticed. And I love our little bad batch. I also really appreciated after doing a rewatch that we saw Kix, like the medical clone. He was the one that Fives last saw that was like, hey, get me or tell Anakin and Rex where my, you know, location is, blah, 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 blah. So oh, that before, was kind of a cool. Before Fives died, he was the last one. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. odd. Mm-hmm. And then Echo was also in Domino's squad with Fives and the one Heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the squad that 99 helped out. So all kind of, you know, ties together. And it was cool to just have just see- re-seen all of that, I guess. But I'm really excited. It's going to be hard for me to not look up, like, all the spoilers for the next two episodes since we have a pretty good grasp on it. <laughs> but I think I can do it. 
think I can do it. And I'm surprised Twitter hasn't spoiled it because Twitter definitely could not keep the child in check for more than maybe they made it a week. I don't I don't even think it was that far. <laughs> Some of the other Easter eggs in this episode that I really loved. There's there's one moment where the droids, there are two um separatist battle when battle droids that are talking and they have a very similar conversation to the stormtroopers in a new hope where one of them asks the other, "Do you know what's going on?" and the other one replies that maybe it's a drill and then he's immediately like taken out by by clone squad 99. But that was a really fun little nod to this is the first episode of the new season, and that was the first episode of the Star Wars, and it was just a fun little connection that I appreciated. Yeah, it was nice to see the battle droids again, just because it's been so long. And even now, like when you talk to somebody and you say Roger Roger, they're like, What? <laughs> they're so yeah. funny. Yeah, it was just fun to get them back and, and to have that little touch of humor. Cause this is like a serious, like sad episode, really, when when you think about it. So it was nice to have a little bit of levity. They do bring a lot of lightness to these episodes, which I very much appreciate. The battle droids are delightful. I loved when uh, Wrecker was going to go help Cody and Crosshair's like, he's not going to pull Cody out. He's going to push the ship off. <laughs> and then he just... Oh my God. And then he has the walking <laughs> away from the explosion, like in an action movie shot. I was like, this yeah. is fan fucking <laughs> Yeah, toxic. there's that fist bump that's just like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> and I just... That was so funny. I think that was one of my favorite parts of the episode, apart from, you know, the big, like, dun-dun-dun <laughs> moment. So, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Any uh, other kind of final thoughts on this episode? It was good to see Trench again. Who doesn't love a giant spider? Ew, he's so gross. He's such a freak. all fuzzy oh, and shit. Oh, God. He disgusts me. He's so gross with all of his eyes and his furry mustache thing. I don't remember like specific episodes of him in the Clone Wars. I mean, I, he looked familiar, but I don't remember anything in particular. He was like their stand-in to try to keep uh, Dooku and, and Anakin away from each other, I think. He just, he shows up randomly as a random bad guy mm. in the Clone Wars. And then he always mysteriously makes it out, but I don't think they ever show how he makes it out. How do you move a giant spider <laughs> in time before it explodes? Maybe he's on one of those like walkie standy throne things, you know? Yeah, like the Nemoinian. I'm glad you guys know what I'm talking about when I say that because I don't think I could have really said that to many other people in the world and have them know exactly what I'm talking about. I have one other departing thought, and just because again I haven't seen those the animatics mm -hmm. of the unreleased episodes or the unreleased versions of these episodes, but I'm really curious to see if these guys, if the Bad Batch, all make it out alive, at least out of this little this little episode arc, because it, you know they mention at one point in this ep this first episode that they have a 100% success rate. So, at, you know, at no point, unless there are other members of Bad Batch that have since uh, left us, you know, they, it sounds like they've, they've all been together for this entire time. So I'll be curious to see if they all make it out alive. I'm guessing they won't. I'm just assuming that there's going to be a tragic end for at least one, probably all of them. But don't don't tell me. I don't I don't want to know if uh, if if that information's already out there. Record dies or I riot. I mean, no, 
Rucker dies and I riot. Yeah. Not or I riot. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, oh my God. What if their brain chips, instead of like killing Jedi, like accidentally do killing each other? <gasps> How awful would that be? Aww. What a Debbie Downer of a thought. Okay. You took it to a very dark place. It's so early. Well, you were saying it would be bad. I mean, I'm going to take a nap after this, man. Uh, oh, hell yeah. So we do have, even though. Some people already know episode two and what's happening, but we do have the IMDb description for it. Episode two is called A Distant Echo. Believing that MIA soldier Echo may still be alive, Rex's mission becomes doubly important. Doubly, what an interesting word. Alongside Bad Batch and Anakin Skywalker, the clone captain launches a dangerous covert rescue. Oh boy. So this is what makes me think that we're going to have a lot more Anakin in episode two, which I'm excited about because we didn't get enough Anakin and his flowy hair in episode one. Do we get another Jedi besides Anakin? Is that too spoilery to ask? Um, they, uh, What's his name? Obi-Wan Kenobi is, is credited as appearing in episode two of this season, but, you know, who knows? It's curious to me that we haven't gotten like a trailer. We didn't get like a trailer at the end of this episode or anything, but I guess we didn't, we didn't really get that for Mandalorian either. Like, we don't get mm-hmm. a coming up next week on the Clone Wars, like, mm-hmm. which would be very cool. And I'm happy to do the voiceover narration, if anybody I needs love that. the voiceover <laughs> narration. Like, that's one of my dreams, is to have Tom Kane do that on my phone or something. <laughs> to just do it in your life? Like, he just follows you around, and he's like, today on Maria's life. <laughs> well, I, I actually have something written up for him to read, if I ever meet oh my him. God. Like, that's how much of a weirdo I am about the Clone Wars. Like, you know, somewhere in Ohio, Maria, a middle-aged housewife. <laughs> like, I, I have a I have a script prepared for him to read. That would be amazing. Or you could just find him at Celebration, like, when you get his autograph and, like, maybe request that. That would be amazing. I always look for him at Celebration. So maybe maybe this year, when we all go to Anaheim. Fingers crossed. Oh, I can't wait. Yay. That would be the highlight of my life. <laughs> Not my kids. <laughs> you'll get there, Maria. I bet you're gonna you'll you'll get that somehow or another. I can feel it. That's amazing, and I want to hear it the minute you do because that's so great. <laughs> Absolutely. Have you guys seen any of the merchandise for the Clone Wars uh, relaunch? Uh, you know, I saw that there's a T-shirt or the thing that I have noticed lately i guess is that there's a t-shirt that has a bunch of the mandalorian helmets or a bunch of helmets so some clone helmets Mm -hmm. some mandalorian helmets like bo katan and the ahsoka one and then you know how twitter makes those emoji things where you like hashtag a character name and it puts it by it so they Mm -hmm. have for the clone wars um and one of them is it's it's on the t-shirt so it's not like a huge spoiler but today they were just like all right there's one left we have so far ahsoka anakin bo katan captain rex mace windu maul obi-wan padme yoda 332nd so that's um ahsoka's buddies and then the last one if you do the maul delorean it's like a maul mando helmet mix Ooh. uh Yes. That's cool. I saw the I saw some of the the list of all the emojis last night. That was really fun that Disney Plus posted on their Twitter account. So mm-hmm. this uh Twitter is going to be fun. I love all the cute little emojis. They they're fun. They are. They're the best. Hell yeah. In light of like what happened on The Mandalorian, like I'm really excited for Bo-Katan cuz she's in this list too. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. I think we're going to get some great Bo-Katan action in this, in this season. I'm excited. Thank you for so much for joining us today, Maria. This was so much fun. Uh, we had a lot of fun chatting Clone Wars with you, and I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of the season, looking forward to seeing some of your reactions to the rest of the season. I think it's going to be, uh, I think we're all in for a real treat. Absolutely. We can talk Clone Wars whenever. This was a, a good time for me. And then on Twitter, you are? At Blurred Girl Jedi. Boom. Awesome. So go follow our friend Maria, and uh, yeah, let's get back into it. Yeah, thanks again, Maria, for hanging out with us early in the morning. Yeah, it was really fun to get together <laughs> and actually sit down and chat. I really enjoyed it. And yeah, thank you, Maria, for taking the time to do that with us. We had a lot of fun. Love the perspectives. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's it for Recap on Tap, then. Yeah. This is the longest Recap on Tap, like, fucking ever. This has been a very long Recap on Tap session. Let's see. Next up, trivia. We have trivia. Trivs. 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 So... Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? You are welcome to go first if you would like. Okay. My questions are all about one small or one scene, like probably within like five minutes of A New Hope. Really? Yes. Interesting. I thought I thought hard about these. Uh, first one is how does Luke refer to the trash compactor? Like what is what words does he use instead of trash compactor? Um, he calls them garbage mashers. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's really, fu- that's a good question. I really never gave that any thought. Mm-hmm. So when they end up in the trash compactor, Leia, or before they do, the reason is that Leia shoots an opening in a grate that leads down to it. Mm-hmm. What's the order that they jump into? Ooh, into the, the, the bin. Yeah. Okay. Um, Leia's first, mm-hmm. then Chewie, then Luke, then Han. Yes. Yay. Okay. And finally, what is the maintenance hatch number of said trash compactor? Three, two, six, three, eight, two, seven. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. 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 Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. It's all about garbage this episode. Yeah. <laughs> garbage. Oh, yay. So much garbage. Okay, I'm going to give you some Empire Strikes Back questions. Oh, fuck me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's see. What call sign was the first to take out an at-at on Hoth? Or which pilot? Luke? Guess Rogue guess. leader? No, guess again. I don't know. It's Wedge. What, yeah, Wedge and Tilly's. Oh. Um... <laughs> Who offers to get out and push when the Falcon struggles to start up upon its evacuation from Hoth? Leia? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I actually love that line. It's so fun. Um, that sounds right. <laughs> yeah. What is Han's three-word response when Leia tells him, I hope you know what you're doing as the Falcon approaches the, quote, cave on the asteroid? I got it, lady. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I got it. That's canon. Uh, his three-word response when Leia tells him, I hope you know what you're doing. Yeah. I got... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Um, fuck you later. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I like fuck you later better. Uh, he says, yeah, me too. Okay. 
Were mine all quotes? Should I have not done quotes? They're fine. Should I find you another one that's easier? No, it's okay. I don't I mind. Just, I can just fail them. <laughs> it's fine. I don't mind. We're getting back in, in the swing of trivia, guys. Yeah. Excuse excuse this. <laughs> we say that we're getting back in the swing of trivia. We've been to four this month. My goodness. Yeah, but like as far as doing it on our show and like having questions, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's different when you're recording and stuff. It's this quick. Yeah, I know. All right. I guess what to expect from our next episode. We shall have... The Clone Wars, episodes two and three, which should round out the Bad Batch arc. Oh, nice. That's cool. That's cool. That's nice that we'll be able to round that out. Yeah. Finish up that arc of season seven of The Clone Wars. Yay. Also, Project Luminous. Yeah. Well, hopefully, we'll know a little bit more, maybe a lot more. Maybe, like, they will do the thing that they did with the next Star Wars movie announcement and just not do it at all. Who the fuck knows? And whatever the fuck else comes up. Sure. There you go. Episode uh, 30. Yay. Dirty 30s. Yay. Toast 2. Toast 2. We may be sort of sharing one a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you What do you got? What's on your on your docket for Toast 2? Uh, that we haven't done bar trivia in a very long time, and we are four for four. Yeah. We've this come month. in first place four times. In the past two weeks. Four trivias. That's so crazy. Yeah. I mean, it has been. One of them, Eric from The Living Force pod came with us and um his girlfriend yeah but i i can't believe it's been four i know it's crazy huh. it's been really fun and you know what the weird thing is is that we really haven't studied <laughs> like no. i don't know about you i just have kind of rolled up and not really studied that much i mean i studied a little bit for the ones that we knew it was like the original trilogy and i rewatched the prequels like half paying attention but... i haven't rewatched a star wars movie in so long like i've watched little bits and pieces here and there but i haven't sat and watched one start to finish in ages yeah i haven't been great about it but high five us yeah and the other thing is this week rupaul's drag race returns on the 28th so friday nights this is what i'm gonna be doing is watching rupaul drag race oh okay yes oh also i have so many things to toast to this week oh good so i also saw tovlo on wednesday okay that's and, a pop star that's yes a, that's a music thing swedish pop star person who i really like and i ran into um this guy who used to clean my house when i was walking in which is great because i went by myself so it was nice to have a friend mm-hmm. and then i went out with him and his boyfriend to a drag show afterwards that had a few rupaul queens it was really good it was called black girl magic and it was all about um because february's black history month yes yeah um it was all about like historical things or people of great importance in the community and um kind of recreating some stuff but also like putting you know fun drag twists on it so it was really good. Oh, I love that. That's so yeah. cool. You had a lot of toast twos. I know. I like all your toast twos. I know. Everything except for having a job. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It'll come back around. It'll be I fun. I know. I just want like a job. Yeah. It'll be okay. Um, so I've got a couple <laughs> things I can add on my list. Yeah. Um, my mom came and visited a few weekends ago. I think I mentioned that she was in town last time we recorded. We went on like a bunch of, we went to a bunch of really fun dinners and just got to like hang out. We had a little Oscars party and we like sat and played Oscar bingo and it was just nice to have my mom here. Oh, so that's cool. Yeah. Toasting to my mom. Um, I also want to toast to the fact that I like have really fallen off the wagon in terms of like working out. Like I used to go to the gym and go to yoga like three times a week at least. Yeah. And I 
like went to Disney World and walked around for three days and it completely broke my entire body. And I just haven't like worked out in a month like since then. And I, mm-hmm. I, I'm actually really surprised that I haven't fallen into like a really deep depression because of that. Because normally that's really what I think one of the things that kind of keeps me going is like yeah. the fact that I'm constantly working out or at least regularly working out. And so I went back to the gym finally this week in my in my office building we have a gym and yeah. I didn't realize that they had fucking upgraded all of the machines <gasps> in the gym there are two Peloton bikes down there wow dude they are so nice like there might even be three actually but I like got on <laughs> like so I'm in the gym it's at night after work and there's no one there's basically like no one else in the building or in the actual gym and I get on the Peloton bike and I'm like facing out the window like looking out at the loop and I like am fully into this class so I'm like on the bike and there are weights on the bike and so I'm at the weights part so it's just me facing out into the city like with my arms like doing (laughs) cheerleading moves with these fucking weights and it was just like hysterical so I just feel good that I I, like finally went back I'm finally trying to get back into it and trying to get back into a routine and I feel good about that I left and I was just like wow I needed to do that a long time ago so can you like motivate me I haven't been in the gym in so long and there's no excuse because there's one in my building and I don't do shit all day like I take one nap a day at least yeah and can you motivate me to go to the gym I don't know what to do to motivate you because my thing is all you have to do is text me and call me a lazy bitch okay because I think it would help I think I'm getting a little depressed I can do that I can 100% do that and just call text you and call you a lazy bitch yeah you can be you have like this you can be stern sometimes That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a little assertive at times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something. I'll do that. I, I, yeah. Cause I'm like, I don't even know what, mo- like, the thing that motivates me now is the fact that I've got fucking fancy ass machines down in the gym I can go use for free. So I'm pretty excited <laughs> about that. The thing is, is they've probably been there for a year and I had no idea. Yeah. No, you can just write like every third row in the editing notes. Did you go to the gym yet? Okay. I'll do that. <laughs> No, make it a goal for like the next the next time we record. You have to have been to the gym at least twice. Only twice. Twice. Only what twice. About thrice. Make it thrice. Set the goal Quad, for you. Uh, my my goal for you is that you go at least twice. Is there a word for four? Like there's thrice for three. Is not that I'm aware of. Is there a word for four? No, I don't know. Thrice. Frice. Frice. Yeah. Frice. I will, I shall frice go to the gym. Good. Between episodes 29 and 30. You'll feel better. I feel way I better. So. All I did was go once for it and I did a 30 minute Peloton class and I feel fucking amazing. I'm, I also feel very sore, but it was good. Yeah. Yeah. God, we have some tangents this episode. Yeah, we truly did. Shit. Everyone just soak it up. It's fine. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> Well then, yay! Episode twenty nine, holler! Um, I still can't believe we're gonna be at thirty next week. Right? These numbers keep getting crazier and crazier. I know. Anyhoody, if you like what you hear, please rate us with five stars on Apple Podcast and retweet us and shit because it's how we get found. Yes, find a full list of places you can find our show as well as all of our guest spots. Again, we're only in every other week's show, but if you want to find all of the places that we do guest spots on, find that tab at our website, www.forcetoastpod.com. Email us at forcetoastpod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at forcetoastpod. Alice is at Slaya all day, and I am at shut up underscore Laura. Womp, womp. What a depressing note <laughs> <laughs> Shall we do this?
Shall we, shall we do the podcast? Let's pod this cast. We're going to pod the fuck out of this cast. Let's pod this cast hard. Okay. <laughs> if you could make me a banana dolphin next time and stick it in the drink, I'd really Yeah, I'll get right on that. A what? You cut up a dolphin, so that a, or cut up a dolphin, cut up a banana. <laughs> Gross. I know. You, you get a dolphin, you spear it in the ocean. And, and then you, you bring it to chop Chicago. It. <laughs> And then you cut it up like you tie it to the top of your Uber yeah. like a Christmas tree. <laughs> oh no. Do you think if I look up dolphin banana that I'll get something gross? Oh wow. There they are is. cute. Isn't I thought I was gonna get like dick pics or something. <laughs> yeah, you can do a lot of weird stuff with a banana, so practice some DJs. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's an orange cat. Come see this. Sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their freaking heads. Yes. This is going to be a wonderful <laughs> blooper.